Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And we watched Rocky IV, technically a Christmas movie. Uh, and also, just because there's was... snow doesn't mean it's a Christmas. <laughs> no, that's I, not. I, what know, makes I it know, cre- I know, I know. Yeah, I'm just making sure. Oh, I, I will admit, actually, that I did get this one wrong. I thought that what made it a Christmas movie was the fact that Polly gets a present at the beginning of the movie. Turns out that's Polly's <laughs> birthday, and I'm watching it, and I'm just like, oh fuck. And uh, later on, they say, and then the battle will be. Oh God, I'm doing a German accent. Uh, close enough, man. Keep yeah. it, keep it, keep yeah, it, keep it. Yeah, okay. Oh. And then, we'll get to how close those are. Trust me. <laughs> We will do a battle on the December 25th in the Maharasha. And they're just like, okay, yeah, technically Christmas. There's like no Christmas trees or anything, but it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a Christmas movie. It's it because they're a society of atheists, Chris. That's why they hate us. Right, exactly. And our freedoms. So uh, before we get into that, Parker, do we have any news? I'm sure someone does out there. <laughs> uh, the only thing that was news to me was sitting down watching trailers before Spider-Man and seeing like, what is this god-awful looking ambulance movie? And then the trailer ends, I see directed by Michael Bay, and I'm just shook <laughs> in my scene. <laughs> Why is Michael Bay directing a movie where Jake Gyllenhaal is like hijack an ambulance after a bank robbery? Why am I going to see it opening weekend? Oh, one million percent, dude. It you looks said Michael wretched. Bay and Ambulance, and I was in. Right. It looks horrendous. But, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys there. Part I'm sure important there's movie question. news. But, uh, oh, absolutely. Did you get to see the Moonfall trailer on the big screen? No, and I'm very upset about it. Instead, I got to see the Kurt Warner biopic trailer in Morbius. <laughs> oh, my God, that looks wretched. Uh, that is a future episode. Oh, 100,000% Jared Leto was a vampire. That uh, that might be our next... Uh, oh, fuck. Well, I can't remember the name of the Vin Diesel movie with the nanobots. Oh, Bloodshot. Yeah, Bloodshot. Yeah. 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 We've watched Wretched. a lot of movies that feel like they're named Bloodshot. <laughs> so, a lot of movies cool. about injecting something into your blood that gives you superpowers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll get to four of them. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Oh, four. Great. Oh, oh. Jinkies. <laughs> Goodness. Well, uh, well. Well. Do we have any? <laughs> do we have any jerks of the week? Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. Okay, uh, I, I'd like to go first. And Parker, you already know about this one. Uh, my apartment complex is extremely bougie. We don't have uh, recycling bins. <laughs> we have we have a, a trash chute and a recycling chute. They're right next to each other. So I'm taking uh, my my recycling out to the bin. And I open up the, the chute, and I put my stuff in there, and it doesn't fall. I'm like, what, did someone not turn on gravity today? What's going on? And I look in there, and it's stuffed completely full. Now, I'm on the fourth floor, so there's no way the entire thing is stuffed. I'm looking at it, and it's like, someone just stuffed their stuff in here. I'm like, 
Well, it's Sunday. You know, I don't, I don't want the janitorial staff to have to do this, even though that's their job. I'm like, I will be a good boy scout. I'll do my good deed for the day, and I'll clean out this uh, recycling chute. It'll be like a Silent Hill puzzle. And I'm just like, put down my stuff, and I'm just tearing stuff out of the recycling chute. And, uh, I mean, some of the stuff is really stuck in there, right? It, it, it's just, I'm like ripping out cardboard and bottles oh. and stuff like that. And, uh... Anyway, there's this cardboard box in there that's just clearly too thick for the shoot itself. I'm like, who stuffed this in there? And I'm just ripping it apart and actually tear off the top of it. Someone had sealed this cardboard box. And right off the bat, I'm like, oh, man, if there's, like, a monkey corpse and this is its sarcophagus, I'm definitely in a lot of trouble. And... Someone's dad dressed as Santa. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, uh, I pull out uh, a spreader bar, which is a sex toy. And it's got, like, the most explicit fucking artwork on the box uh in there and it's I, and i pull it out and it's like and it almost knocks me onto my ass i'm like what in the fuck and of course right behind me is the elevator where a new couple is moving in i'm just holding this as they look at me and i'm just like man leave what some people throw away huh <laughs> so and, and of course as soon as i pull out that one thing everything in the in the recycling chute falls through also, I cut my thumb while I was doing that, so if I get infected with, like, sex juices and I don't get superpowers, just complete bust of a Sunday. So, uh, uh, what did you do with your new spreader bar, Chris? <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, pull-ups and stuff, so. Uh, of course. <laughs> Spreading the muscle take, groups out, it's smart. Yeah. Sorry to take your uh, joke there, Parker. <laughs> uh, okay. As a uh, word of advice for the future, if there's ever something stuck in a garbage chute, push, don't pull. Just like get a broom no, handle no, no, and just no, no, wail on no. that shit, dude. No, 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 no. I tried pushing. Trust me, I tried pushing. It All right, then give up, dude. I was, yo, I was very much considering it, but once you get that deep into it, you're like, no, I'm not going to let this beat me. You know? Okay. I'm not Important up. question. Yeah. Did you yeah. go down to the third floor and open the chute and look up to see like where the jam was to like try to? Because that would have been my next move. But I'm a fucking I was, idiot. I was considering it, but I was also just like, I don't. I feel like doing all that. So I was like, I want to stay on this floor. It's like going to the third floor and looking up kind of feels like going to Game Facts and finding like a no clip cheat or something, you know? I, I would have left it on the floor, so you're better than I am. I, I was very close to doing that, but it was also like, well, there's a new couple moving in and they think that I use a sex toy now. So. I was like, no, we keep our we keep our apartments clean over here, ladies and germs. So, anyway, uh, I got my merit badge for that. Who are your jerks of the week? <laughs> Park, no. you want to go or am I? I can go. Go ahead. Uh, big shout out to the people that row in front of me at Spider-Man. It was the first time I've ever had to yell, Hey, shut the fuck up at a movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big first for me. The first margarita definitely helped, but I gave it a good like 20 minutes. I was trying real hard, but shut the fuck up. Every quiet scene, they're just talking. And talking, and talking. And uh, yeah. they weren't expecting to hear my voice. It also you know, scared multiple people in the row with me. You know, Parker, there was no warning. Just yelled, hey! Movies are a social experience, or I guess they were, and, before uh, Parker went. It does fucking rule that you could just, like, bully the average person in public by being mean to them when they're not expecting it. Because I bet they shut up, didn't they? Uh, not long enough that it was uh, my girlfriend's turn to go, Hey! Shut up! <laughs> they weren't expecting to also hear it from a woman. You paved and, the path. Uh, and then kids started running around. 
Oh, it was well. a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the uh, the real Marvel experience. You know, it's fun for the whole family. Yeah, yeah that's the Should've... authentic experience. God, I wish I'd gone to Alamo. See, Never I'm right. see, I'm Never gonna watch again. it on. I'm gonna watch it on my on my home TV here, and I, you know, I'm just not getting the full experience. I'll be there talking in front of you. <laughs> hey, Chris. Uh, yeah, so that's Electro. I don't know if you remember that movie. Yeah, he looks different now. He's got different motive. Hey, are you lit? Hey. <laughs> Getting flashbacks to the time our good friend Piss Christ brought his friend Tyler to play video games with us. And Tyler was an open micer who was eating, and when we told him to mute his fucking shit, he was just like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? It really says a lot about our boy that we haven't talked to in six years. You know, I'm sure his dishwashing job is going well. (laughs) So my jerk of the week is President Joe Biden. Now, it's one thing to want a new puppy. Having a new puppy around (laughs) is great. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to have, you know, the little puppy running around, like, barely coordinated, just, like, bouncing off walls and barking and pissing and shitting everywhere? I get it. But to take the first rescue dog to ever live in the White House and give him away to another family instead of just sending him back to your fucking Delaware mansion to live, dude. <laughs> Literally replaced Major with Major 2. is one of the funniest things that I have heard in this entire hellish year of political news. He went full Lita Dunham on that dog. So, uh, I did some digging. Because uh, I was seeing conflicting reports over whether Major was allowed to come back from from puppy jail. And the answer was, he was in puppy jail for a while and came back and then bit a second person. Which, you know. (laughs) Way to ruin it for all the other shelter dogs, Major. Like, this was literally you guys one shot. You just fucking blew it for everybody. Dude, did you not read the other sources on this? Maybe I'm the only one who reads Breitbart. So, on the back of uh, Major's collar, there was a zipper. And you pull it out, there was a monkey inside there. So, so in doing my research, I found out that they had the Humane Society of Delaware. Not they. They could be anybody. And I, I, I want the blame to <laughs> be placed show. squarely on their shoulders. Uh, in January 2020, or in January 2021, after, you know, the, yeah. the election results were certified, the Humane Society of Delaware what had an inauguration oh, for, ma- for Major Biden. A live stream with live performers such as Josh Groban that had over 7,000 viewers. And like, yeah, it raised $200,000 for the Humane Society, but at what cost? Like, what are we fucking doing here? 7,000 at once? Was that like the peak thing or is it like total? Does it matter? It's still 7,000 people that tuned in to watch... A dog getting inaugurated to his inaugurated. Yes. Anyway, speaking of someone who works in live streaming, I work in live streaming. So whether it was seven thousand concurrent or whether it was seven thousand total is a huge difference, and the first one is a lot worse. So I understand that, but even in the version that's not as bad, seven thousand people wanted to look at the presidential dog on Zoom. Yeah, but there's like 312 million people. Dude, we need to make sure those people feel as bad as they should. If you are listening to this podcast and also watched the inauguration of Major Biden, please turn us off and find us. Right into the show. Actually, yeah, right in, because that is... 
those are two interests that should not mix. I would love to hear from you and Pick. Alternatively, and come on the show and defend yourself. Right. Yeah, exactly. Come on the we show. Uh, yeah. Watch Matrix Four. Hop on. Yeah. With <laughs> See, that's the thing. It reminds me of that Twitter account. Those the the presidential pawfus or whatever. I, which again, the most insane account. It is not affiliated in any way with the White House. It's just someone who's pretending to be the dog and doing like the doggo uh, henlo sort of stuff. And it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you fucking people? So the thing that throws me the most about the fucking the Oval Pawfus account, which is, you know, absolutely a travesty of humanity. And yes. whoever that person is, if we find out, reinstate the death penalty just for them and then get rid of it again. Like, I'm totally yeah. cool with it. Yeah. But uh, they use friends. And I thought friends was like the Nazi Pepe dog whistle now. Like, the thing that they do. So apparently this person also doesn't read memes which is uh, disgusting to me that's the thing is i'm pretty sure friends started off as like a doggo thing you know well you know sure as we all became. learned in 2016 when uh the nazis take something you can never ever ever get it back so right, yeah until, until they do a documentary about it all right well that was uh one of the more depressing jerks of the week <laughs> Does anybody know if, if I can still adopt Major Biden? I need an attack dog. <laughs> I had forgotten that their dog was just running around biting White House staffers. That's so fucking funny. It really Dude, can, is. Can we send it after Jen Psaki so we can get some COVID tests? <laughs> we got the COVID test, dude. We need something else now. Okay, let's get student loans. Whatever. Uh. Okay. Jesus. On that on that cheery Are you note. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was a bit more liquidy than I was expecting. Yeah. Let's move Let's on. Let's talk about what we watched recently. I'm going to start things off strong. I got an opportunity to go see the original Matrix, the one from 1999, with my sister at the Alamo Draft House. Now, I'd like to tell my Matrix story the first time I watched it, which was not in 1999 with everyone else. My brother actually saw it in 1999. He saw it at a friend's house. That's true. Uh, That's a devil movie. I, I can understand why you weren't allowed to see no, that. I, no, it was because I was nine years old. It was PG-13, and my parents were like, no, 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 you have a sister who's well, three. We can't leave her with a sister. Rules so. are rules. I get it. No, it was... Hey, baby, I, I hey is that it. Dragula in there? Hey, man, let me watch. No, it wasn't, again, it wasn't because it was PG-13, but when you have, like, a little sister, it's like, oh, we don't want to leave her with a sister while everyone goes out, so... It's kind of She's got to deal with it. Your Basically, fault. I'm blaming my sister for all my problems. Anyway, you didn't ask for a sister. You're trying to watch Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my brother got to see The Matrix at a friend's house. He said it was really, really cool. He especially liked the uh, shootout scene uh, after the metal detectors. I'm like, man, that sounds so cool. And everyone talked about it. And then, even if you haven't seen The Matrix, if you've watched any movie in the last 20 years, you've pretty much seen The Matrix because of how influential it is. And uh, and also, how many times it's been parodied? It's got to be a, getting a lot of Matrix yeah, like, vibes from this. Yeah, it's like been parodied <laughs> like twenty fucking times, like the whole like the hand thing and the slow motion, all that other stuff. Anyway, uh, time passed, and I think this was between when I graduated from high school and when I went to college, and I got invited to. I'm not going to say a friend's house because I wasn't friends with these people, and I'm not now, so I'm not really sure why they invited me over. But they were just like, hey, come over to our house. You can watch The Matrix. I'm like, okay, I got nothing better to do. Now, these two people were very clearly into each other. And they had been into each other for at least four years. And, like, everyone knew it, but no one wanted to say anything about it. And I was the middle cushion. So, the oh, entire God. time, yeah, it's really... My nightmare. Right, yeah. It was really, really tough. And that's why the only thing I remembered about The Matrix was Dracula. 
<laughs> it was. I was like, that was the only time. That was the only part of the night where I was having fun. I was like, oh hey, I love this song. It was in Twisted Milk. All right, whatever. Uh, that's a good thing. So, to remember, though, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you got to yeah. pick one thing, that's the thing. Uh-huh. Is like, as often as I complain, I'll get to you in the second part. It was like, as okay. often as I complain about like club scenes, if they play Dragula, it's like suddenly it's a good <laughs> club scene. <laughs> so I just remember every time you brought up the Matrix, it's been yeah, whatever. Like I yeah. saw it once. I don't really give a shit. So I'm curious to hear how this journey went. So it sounds Seeing weird it for screen. someone to... Yeah, exactly. It sounds weird for someone to talk about The Matrix as, like, you know, whatever. It almost sounds like one of those, like, trying-too-hard-to-be-different opinions, because, like, you know, it's really uh, love it or hate it, and it's, like, 1% of the population hates it, and usually for lousy reasons, and 99% of the people are like, wow, that was so fucking awesome, right? So I watched it with my sister, and, uh, wow, that was so fucking awesome. <laughs> it turns out that movie... <laughs> fucking rules uh i don't yep. want to see that's the thing is like alex already talked about it, and he went into great detail about it and i try not to say things that have already been repeated so if i do it'll be by accident uh, that's all right dude i, I forget everything yeah. i said so you can tell me right. at least if so else. the biggest thing for me here is besides the fact that like usually when i take my sister out to movies at the alamo they're comedies because we really like comedies in our family laughing is a great way to escape the pain but this one has like what one joke in it maybe two and the entire time she we, we barely left the entire movie and when we got up to like leave our row she had the biggest smile on her face she was like that movie was so good like we we both said the we were we just kept repeating as we were walking out like i'm so glad i got to see this with you you know we were just so happy we got to experience this and not just because it was on the big screen although i do think that helped uh because obviously the movie looks really good but also that movie does sort of reward paying attention that kind of leads me into one of the things i really liked about this movie is that there have been a lot of people who said yeah it's a it's a little hard to follow at times and when i say a lot of people i mean network executives like a lot of people who are trying to like fund the movie are just like i don't know what's going on here uh whereas like lawrence fishman is like i think it's pretty easy i think it's very easy to follow along with what's happening here i don't know how you don't get it the movie is so very easy to understand when they're in the matrix when they're not in the matrix it's like color coded to tell you when they are and when they aren't and it's easy to follow the story all the characters even when they're speaking in complex terms it's easy to tell the basic gist of things and so the movie while being easy to follow retains its complexity and its depth and that's so hard for any story to do and for this one to pull it off honestly i was really really impressed uh the other thing Best performance from Keanu Reeves I think I've ever seen. Uh, yes, even better than John Wick, although obviously I like John Wick a lot. He's very, very good at this. Partially because the movie does limit him. He doesn't speak uh, in more than one complete sentence until the very end of the movie when he's on the phone. Uh, obviously the visuals look spectacular, and when they don't, they still look fine because they could just say, oh, it's all on a computer. So if you ever see anything that's like, oh, it's kind of dated, that looks kind of like 1999-ish. Although nothing looks 1999-ish. It looks way too good for 1999. It looks like 2003-ish at its worst. You could just say, oh, it's all just a glitch in the Matrix. And, it, and they're just completely insulated for any criticism. It's kind of brilliant by the Wachowskis. Uh, what else did I like about it? Oh yeah, what, this is really stupid, but one of the songs that was playing during the credits was uh, the same song that starts off the beginning of that uh, of that uh, 
Was that Magician the Street Magic special? <laughs> <laughs> David Blaine, the David Blaine like, Street Magic thing, that parody. They, they played one of those songs that I had been looking for for a long time, but it's just like a riff. I was like, I can't find things by a riff. Turns out it's in the Matrix uh, credit sequence, so I could just look it up that way. Uh, Joey Pantaloons was very good in oh this my. one. Okay, can we just talk about that's the most delicious looking steak that's ever been put on film? I would sell everyone out in a fucking heartbeat if you put that in front of me. I would tell all of you to suck my dick and turn all of you in. I would rat you all out for a bite. Oh my god. I I will say that, like, some people have complained, and this is, like, always the shittiest complaint, so don't act like I'm giving this any sort of weight, but every once in a while you'll see, like, a movie that comes out, like, Fight Club was one, Joker was one, and I guess every Scorsese movie was one. It's like, this led to toxic white male violence, and people are like, you know, the red pill for this is like, that's what convinced people to uh, go all, like, white nationalists and stuff. I'm like, no, racism convinced them to do that. This one just gave them, like, an easy excuse. It's like, ah, it's just like this popular movie that everyone has seen. Uh... I, I, I just I like the concept. I thought the story was really interesting. I like the special effects a lot. It's it's very, very good in terms of science fiction. I like that actually more than the action bits. And the action bits are really good. This is very good kung fu. Uh I will say the the parts that my sister and I laughed at uh were not really jokes, but just Hugo Weaving's performance is kind of funny. It uh, is. It really is. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah. There's like a scene with like three of him where it's really just him and like his two doppelgangers, and he's like, Why send a man to do the job of a machine? And we we were laughing way too hard at that. The other one is like we've seen it meme to death, but like the the whole fight scene and where Keanu Reeves just goes like to his throat, and he goes, oh. That's so good. We just over again. We were laughing way too hard. I'm still stuck on you saying, like, people thought it was confusing. Like, I know a how dumb I am now. And imagine me, I saw this when I was like 9 or 10, and I was able to figure it out. Well, yeah. And I'm I, the dumbest person I know. So that's the thing, is like a lot of people that I remember saying it was very confusing were 9-year-olds. I'm like, well, that's fair. Because it's PG-13, you're not supposed to see it, my parents said. But also, uh, there were also a lot of extremely stupid parents in Poolsville, which is uh, not surprising. Uh, They live in Poolsville. But, again, (laughs) it really, like, the concerning thing here is it was uh, studio executives. Studio executives looked at the script and they're like, I don't get it. Uh, But they still took a chance. And look what happens when you take a chance. You get the Matrix. And it ended up being really good. The one criticism I have in this movie, the one flaw, is Carrie Ann Moss. Now, I would never, ever say that someone should use illegal substances. But if Carrie Ann Moss was on cocaine, this movie would be a 10 out of 10. I, I'm, sure she is a, I'm sure she's in other movies where she is good. I'm not going to look it up. But she's so flat and boring in this one. She's just... She's not emoting for many of her scenes. And I, it's so, it, it, it kind of came out of nowhere when they, when they were like, oh, she's in love with you. I was like, really? I can't tell. Uh, well, I, get ready for the double and triple down on that, see, buddy. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Is like, I've se- I have seen bits and pieces of the Matrix sequels, and I remember, oh, that car chase is really cool. Oh, God, they're kissing? How? Uh, it, Reverse I, uh, order, buddy. Yeah, uh, whatever. I, I don't <laughs> no, I, again, uh, so you know when that movie starts out with a lot of kissing, like it go, it goes up from there. 
I promise. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Is like, I'm not saying she's ugly. She's she's a pretty woman, but like, she she's just so unemotional, and it does absolutely nothing for me. I guess on one other thing, it's not a flaw. I can't blame the movie for this. Uh, the character of Switch was originally supposed to be uh, not literally transgender, but like effectively transgender like that's why they were called switch is in the real world there'd be one gender and in the matrix they'd be another and it's like i don't know maybe they cut it out because it'd be like a little too uh obvious for people but then again this was 1999 and studio executives didn't get it anyway so i kind of wish they had put it in there but unfortunately we didn't get it uh anyway i I love this movie. In terms of just science fiction, this is just excellent science fiction. This is, I mean, Parker, I've said it a million times, what I'm looking for in science fiction is a story that is about something. And this is about something. It's not just good versus evil. So uh, I'm sure the sequels are really coherent. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of <laughs> Chris, I don't want to interrupt your segment if I don't say the pools down in Poolsville at some point in our Christmas podcast. <laughs> that I have to, uh, you know... <laughs> God, I, I saw a Facebook memory from, like, 11 years ago where a girl I was going out with, I was like, yeah, I'm from Poolsville. And she was just like, isn't that where Scooby-Doo is from? Probably. <laughs> Which is one of the meanest things anyone's ever said about my hometown. <laughs> and also one of the nicest. So, uh, anyway, I loved uh, The Matrix. I, I think it's really good. I might buy the Blu-ray. And I, again... Every once in a while, we get some obvious ones wrong. For me, it's uh, The Exorcist, The Matrix. Turns out if I just watch a good movie on uh, the Alamo screen, I'll tend to like it. Also, Pirate Punch is really good. Uh, also, in January, they're showing Goodfellas, so definitely going to be seeing that. Um, yeah. A movie that I already love. So 100% dudes yeah. in that crowd. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, not a, a, lot not of, a, a lot dame to be seen. Like, a lot I, of toxic white males. Yeah, uh, let me know. Yeah. Present. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> One more, uh, or actually two more that I watched. Uh, one of them is a television series, and in fact it is an anime series. And this one I actually really liked. This one's called Paranoia Agent. Now I talked about Tokyo Godfathers last time around, directed by Satoshi Kon. Same guy who did Perfect Blue, which I loved. Same guy who did Millennium Actress, which I loved. So I'm like, I just gotta seek out everything this guy did, right? Uh, what could possibly go wrong? And it turns out, nothing. Paranoia Agent is really, really good. Now the first part that makes it good, 13 episodes and the story is done. We don't yes. need to worry about anything else after that because I downloaded all of Yu Yu Hakusho. 112, yes, <laughs> 112 fucking episodes. This better did be you, fucking good. Did you use Dragon Balls on that, Parker? No. no. I, no you no, might have to. A, this is a Chris Just Bill keep thing. It, in mind. It's, it yeah. starts pretty slow. Yeah. We'll get to the dark tournament, and then we'll see how you're feeling. Literally, yeah, yeah, that's... If you yeah, don't like uh, it at that point, you can bail, because... Yeah, a friend of mine who's, like, who's also Kenya. watched the whole thing told me that, like, the fourth... Uh, it's, like, a fourth phase. It's, like, one, two, three, four seasons yeah. or whatever. He told me the fourth one's, like, really bad, so... It's pretty weak. I'll probably... Uh, hopefully I can bow out of that. I mean, not to get too deep in the weeds, but it's the thing that happens with all manga writers. We're like, all right, cool, I have to publish a new story every week. Well, it's been three years, and I'm fucking miserable, so it's over now. Uh, yeah, it's probably so, you know, manga, that kind of thing. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, Paranoia Agent is. Inc- have you guys seen Paranoia Agent? No, no, but it's been on my list, and I want to hear how much higher I should move it up. So here's the thing. Uh, jo- I, t- I talked to Josh about because Josh is really big into Yu Yu Hakusho, and I was downloading them concurrently. Yeah, and uh, Josh told me that it was like, well, I remember people talking about Paranoia. I think he watched like the first episode and didn't get into it, or something like that. He may have watched the entire thing and didn't get into it. But I was like, there's no way they showed this on Adult Swim, because it gets pretty extreme. 
and uh, not in terms of violence. There's a there's some sexuality, but I wouldn't go so far as to say sexual assault. Uh, it's let me let me tell, let me tell you the story. Okay, so it is told in a very strange sort of way. It's definitely the most uh, esoteric of his works. Uh, I uh, almost borderline fanciful, borderline science fiction. The idea here is there are a number of people in Japan, and they're under a tremendous amount of stress. Uh, they're up against the wall in some sort of way, maybe in their personal lives, maybe in their professional lives, who knows. And uh, they're walking along, and you can t kind of feel subconsciously, oh, if only I could escape from the situation. And then they get bonked on the head by a baseball bat by some kid on rollerblades. And you're like, really? This is the reoccurring villain of the series? What the fuck is this? And that kid bonking him on the head with a baseball bat really helps because now they're in the hospital. They're like, oh, hey, sorry, I can't turn in that project, boss. I got hit on the head by a baseball bat by one of those damn delinquents. And now people feel sorry for them and they don't have to worry very much about anything anymore. And uh, I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. I wonder where he got that idea. And I looked it up. Turns out this was just kind of a mishmash of ideas he had a bunch of ideas for things he's like i can't really turn any one of these into a movie what if i just sort of combine them together into a stew with like some sort of overarching narrative and it works so well i was really surprised and one of the things i like about it is it looks so different from most anime like that's the thing i've mentioned about satoshi khan in the past is that his characters are not drawn in a particularly beautiful way. They aren't necessarily ugly. Some of them are very, very ugly, but some of them look pretty decent. They, it, it's just, it's its own unique art style. It looks really good. But that's not where I'm trying to go with this one. With this one, the style of the anime will change so many times. I think it was around like episode five or six. The entire thing changes where... It looks like it's a video game adaptation or something. Uh, there's one where it looks like it's literally using cardboard cutouts, or, or like paper cutouts, of characters to illustrate the story. There are certain parts that are clearly unfinished animation, but they're designed that way because the anime is not not necessarily breaking the fourth wall, but sort of like breaking the fifth wall. It's like breaking its own wall. It's not breaking the, all, the wall for the eyes. It's breaking the, the wall for its own performance in a way. Uh, I, I don't quite know how to describe it but uh it really is interesting that being said it's one you kind of got to stick with because like the first five six episodes you're like oh man i am strapped in this is incredible i can't wait to see what happens next there's some episodes kind of in the middle slash towards the end where they introduce new characters and it feels like they've abandoned some old ones you're like what no what are you doing go back to that that was so interesting who are these people like they, they're trying to do extremely dark humor like it's really, really dark humor to the point where you're just like, I don't know that you can get away with this. Uh, but then they bring back the characters from the beginning and they, they kind of quickly tie it up together. And uh, by the end of it, you're like, I don't know how they're going to explain what's going on. And then they do. And it works. And you, you're sort of left to fill in some of the blanks on your own. But it's so worth it. It's very psychological. It's uh, very enriching. I, I loved it. I will say it is... When I, when I say, like, definitely adults only, it's not like you see a tremendous amount of nudity. You see some nudity, but it's kind of, like, not really that big of a deal. There is one part where um, a character is revealed to be a pedophile, but it's... The thing that I like about this scene is that it's not like it is in most anime. In most anime, pedophilia is, like, a charming personality quirk, you know? In this one, it's like, oh man, that is a horrifying revelation. This is like, 
it, it changes the way that you perceive some of the characters on the show. And uh, I, I don't know, I was I was really happy with this one. I highly recommend it, and I, I have a feeling Yu Yu Hakusho will be quite a bit different when I finally get around to that. Yes, sir. I'm excited for those conversations. As you're yeah, like, hey, I, when does this start getting good? And we go, yeah. just a little bit more time. Just a little yeah. bit more time. Maybe yeah. I should just like only watch the Dark Tournament and then like tell Chris, like, yeah, no, the whole thing's this good. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, the Tournament is... Everyone's sorry. talking about it in the fucking Discord. And I'm, all I want to do is like, what if I just... We're off for Christmas. What if I just binge like half the Dark Tournament one day? Remember that Christmas of- where we watched like half a G Gundam? I was I remember it well because I was at my parents' house. And everyone went to bed and I couldn't sleep. And you were just streaming it. So uh, speaking are. of binging things, next week Josh and I are going to try to get together and watch all of C Lab 2021 as a celebration yeah. of 2021. And guess what? I found the whole thing in 720p. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> no, it was broadcast in that quality. Anyway, I'm going to end with one more. One more that is really good. I wanted to say about this one it, I'm, I'm, I'm as serious about this one as i was about tokyo godfathers this is a must download this is a borderline episode if i might if i don't get to assign movies this week i might spend dragon balls just to assign this one movie this is a christmas movie it is in a foreign language it is almost two hours and it is one of the best christmas movies i've ever seen it's called writers of justice have either of you heard of this no uh, no not ringing okay. a bell okay this one is uh the lead actor is Matt mickelson who i assume you've heard of and uh he's serving in the iraq war right oh, for sorry i just googled it okay uh, right yeah now notice. you remember okay. okay so ignore the marketing and everything because the marketing is way way off it's i kind of like it when the marketing is like that where they're just like oh it's, it's kind of like the fight club marketing it's just like yeah brad pitt and the other guy fight each other it's like no 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 this one this one's going somewhere. He is not just a badass out for revenge. Like, he is, but there's a lot more to it. So he's a guy serving in the Iraq War. Didn't know Denmark was involved. And uh, he gets called back home because his uh, his wife died. She was accidentally killed on a, a train explosion. Meanwhile, there are these uh, scientists whose job it is to predict events like that. There is an element of mathematics that can predict certain events like this. And one of them was on the train. And in fact, he gave up his seat to uh, Matt Spickleson's wife, and she died as a result of his actions. So he feels a little bit guilty about it, and he wants to figure out what happened. And he's thinking about it as like, there was a way to predict this, and he's able to find it out, and it kind of becomes a bit of a detective story for how they're going to go about finding who did it. And... Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is not dealing with this tragedy well. And his daughter is like, hey, you need to talk about this. You need to see a psychologist. You need to talk about this with your feelings. In every other movie that we have ever seen and ever talked about on this podcast, he would ignore his daughter and just go out for revenge. And indeed he does in this one, and it is not portrayed as a good thing. He is criticized repeatedly for what he does. In fact, he's shown to be... Uh, kind of blindly violent in certain areas and not in like a oh man that's so cool sort of way but more of an a he is a very dangerous sort of person and this needs to be addressed very quickly sort of way uh, meanwhile these three scientist nerds 
are so funny and yet so interesting and you feel so much pathos for them. A lot of them have, in fact, all of them have very serious psychological issues. They kind of remind me, I I've, know I've mentioned the show before, I think the only one on the face of the earth who watched it, but you remember uh, The X-Files? There's a spin-off show called The Lone Gunman about like these three nerds who are like conspiracy theorists and God, stuff like that. They did give them a spin-off, that's right. <laughs> I, like I was that just show. about to ask you about The Lone Gunman because yeah, like that's I what I was like hearing that show. when we were talking about that. Yeah. yeah. Th- so this one is like Taken meets the Lone Gunman meets uh, I don't know therapy session. Uh, so that's the thing is like the daughter they're going to be like oh we want to help you find the people who did this and Matt Smith is just like okay and they meet one of the people who is responsible for it and they kill him and uh, Matt Smith is like I want to get everyone else who did it too and you're like oh it's just going to be like a revenge sort of thing and the the daughter kind of like walks in on them planning it and they're like oh we're we're psychologists. We're helping him. And uh, they have to be psychologists for her, too. And there's, like... It's actually really helpful. It's really interesting. One of the guys, like... He's he's really fussy, and he's he's got tremendous psychological problems. You can tell. And by the end of the movie, you want nothing more than to be this guy's friend. All right? You, you will love this character. I cannot emphasize it enough. You guys, I guarantee, will love this. I believe it's on Hulu. Uh, I don't remember exactly what streaming service it's on. Uh, find this one as soon as you can. It, very easily the best Danish movie I've ever watched, uh, which is actually a pretty high bar to clear. I've watched some good Danish movies, but I am so happy I got a chance to see this. I, uh, it's one of the best movies I've seen in years. Uh, just stellar all the way through. Uh, I, I can't say enough positive things about it. I'll end up repeating myself. Uh, Alex, what did you watch? Okay, well, uh, great segue hey, Alex, for me. What did we watch? It, so I, <laughs> I'm going to save Spider-Man for the end of this segment. Absolutely, because yeah, it's yeah, the only other thing yeah, I watched yeah, this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah I, I figured we were going to. Here's my here's my uh, watch segment. This new season of Always Sunny is pretty good. Okay, Alex, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I watched six movies this week, one of which is Spider-Man, which we will get to, and four of which are from the same movie series. So, uh, oh. It's a big Chris, day for me. <laughs> Chris, I have to say I was inspired by you. Uh, you, with your whole story with The Exorcist, a movie that you watched on a laptop and didn't enjoy and didn't understand why other people enjoyed, like, uh, made me think about some movies that I watched in that same time period of my life that I should go revisit to see, you know, where I'm at with, you know, like whether I just got it wrong because of the format that I consumed it in. Because, you know, some movies aren't made to be consumed in fucking... 700 megabyte downloads that you get on took Mega the Apple. words right out of my mouth yeah, yeah I was gonna we say, all had that era we've yeah, all been there if yeah. 2009 me could hear that i would be standing up and beating my chest yeah exactly so uh i watched a movie that i have had like not great feelings about for i don't know at least 14 years uh i watched the born identity um so here's the thing about the born identity what I remembered about this movie is that it was, like, this, like, boring, grimdark, procedural, like, fucking self-serious American rip-off of a Bond movie. Because I, I feel like I don't need to go over how I feel about the Bond franchise in this podcast at this point. But, um, right. um, so fuck me, I'm an idiot, because this movie's actually extremely fun. I did not realize at the time, like what a great movie star role this is for Matt Damon. Because, like, 
Matt, like movie star Matt Damon in movies, like to me is just completely magnetic. Like if he just gets to fucking riff like a famous person playing like a famous person part, he's fantastic. Yeah, the movies like he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, the movies he sucks in are the ones that are self-serious, where he has to scowl the whole fucking time. Like, those movies are no fun. When he just gets to fucking riff and, like, tell jokes and have charisma with, like, his co-stars and stuff, he's incredible. Like, I don't know if either of you have ever even seen The Martian. Like, yeah, not yet. I haven't seen it yet. I think. Like, that's fine. <laughs> that's a movie where, like, you read the plot synopsis and you go, like... You know, maybe I don't know. It's one of those things that, like, you'd read it and say, "Yeah, that's that's probably okay." And then you watch it and you go, "Oh, it's just Matt Damon talking to a camera, and he gets to be charismatic because there's nothing else going on." And like, that's the whole reason the movie works. Like, because he just has such natural, like, old school movie star energy. Like, that is the thing that I love about Matt Damon. And this fucking movie, like, all I remember going in is, you know. Him running around snowy ass winter Europe, yeah, and I that, 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 yeah. and when he fucking shoots Clive Owen with the shotgun out in the field, and like so, like my brain is like, oh, this is like fucking a Nicholas Wingdings reffing movie that's like super grim, dark, and serious. And then I watched it. It's like, oh no, this has personality. This is fun. This is literally what America's version of James Bond would be. Like all of the shameless ripoffs of that franchise. It's like. It's that with, you know, that, like, you know, anti-government individualist mentality that Americans all have. And, like, I had a fucking blast with this. Like, the action set pieces are great. Like, I remember all, like, the love interest stuff at the time. I was like, oh, come on, yeah, whatever. But, like, it's just him talking to this drifter the whole time about, like, how he doesn't know anything about himself. And, like, he makes a joke and, like, doesn't understand why the joke is funny because, like, he has amnesia. And it just, like, everything about this movie is just firing on all cylinders. Like, I watched this and I understand why they kept making these movies. Because, oh, yeah. like, trying to recapture that magic, like, if you find this, this is lightning in a bottle. If you get this kind of energy and you apply it to other movies you're gonna just sell a gorillion fucking tickets because it's it's fun and it's intense like it's not a movie for the whole family because it's more violent than you think it's gonna be but also like it's got something for everybody that would be in a theater for this like i i really appreciated just how well crafted this movie is like they change locations at like a reasonable pace like there's like sinister other plot stuff going on that gets explored more later where you're just like wow that's interesting i wonder what's going on there but also i don't need to know because the movie's fun and exciting um and yeah so the born identity very much worth watching uh excuse me the only one i've seen to this day uh so you can probably keep it that way so after that comes if I fuck up the order of the titles, you're gonna have to I forgive me. Think because it's supremacy because I was supremacy, ult- supremacy, then legacy, and then no, 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 no ultimatum four, no, ultimatum no. is the third Matt Damon movie. Yeah, I, we'll get there. Uh, anyway, okay. So supremacy is next. I'm about to look it up. And supremacy. I haven't even seen them. Why do I know this? My brain fucking yeah. sucks, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like trying to put them in mental order before we started recording. I remember and, like, like teaching myself like ultimatums, the last of those because. It starts with you, uh, which yeah, is well, better than the other ones. Well, so I know Legacy is the third one because Legacy is the one that wouldn't 
be about Matt Damon. But I thought it was again, three, and we'll then get... they recast. But no, no, they, no, no. I, I will, I will get to this. Oh my buddy. god, I yeah. have no idea. Okay. Yeah, no. the uh, the official quote unquote born trilogy is legacy, supremacy, and or, or uh, um, uh, identity. Uh, the Bourne uh, Ultimatum is the legacy. third installment in the Jason Bourne film series. That is after not the what I read. The Bourne, but, uh, I, well, I have Wikipedia, so uh, I'll take Wikipedia's <laughs> word for it. Because I thought they tried to, re- they did what they tried to do with Mission Impossible, and be like, no, Jeremy Ritter's going to lead it, and they went, oh, they sure did. Just, just kidding. Uh, Matt Damon's All back. Right. No, well, I remember. I remember. I watched. Well, it. I mean, that did happen because there's a fifth one <laughs> that I haven't watched yet. But uh, yeah. um, anyway, no one did. So yeah. uh, the second one, the what do we say, supremacy? Supremacy, yeah, sure. Uh, so here are the good parts. Um, the bad guy is Brian Cox reprising his role from the first movie, where he's just like being a smarmy CIA guy, just like yelling about the deep state the whole time. Uh, this movie is a lot less fun than the first one. Uh, it's because you know they do all of the like mid-era, late-era Bond movie thing, where, like, he has this nice life with his girlfriend, and he's out, and then some bad guys show up and kill her, so he has to go on, like, a murderous rampage to get revenge. And it turns out the murderous rampage version is way less fun, because, like, there's no there's no discovery, there's no character growth there, it's just, like, you guys did this bad thing, and I'm gonna get you back for doing the bad thing, and along the way we're gonna learn some lore. And, uh, it's kind of forgettable. Like, I mean, the stunts are good. Like, it's a high-budget movie. It looks it looks good. Um, it's... Any time that I can see the fucking old guy from Succession yelling at people, like, I, I'm happy <laughs> with that. And, like, I gotta say, in these first two movies, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of dudes. Like, just We're a lot of... We're a big guys of, podcast. There's, there's <laughs> like... I think in the first movie, like, they're just, like, walking around in the fucking CIA headquarters one time, and, like, one of the data analysts is just Walton Goggins. It's like, hey, 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 there he is. That's him. That's that guy. Hell yeah, like, dude. Just, just, I love like, movies like with that. a bunch, yeah. of, bunch of dudes I recognize. You, yeah. should, you should revisit Born Identity, then, because there's right. so many dudes. Yeah. there's right. That's one of those franchisers, like, I should probably watch all these, and then I look, and I'm like, I got other things to watch. I gotta watch. I got a bunch of assignments. I'll get to yeah. these five eventually. Yeah. And, and, like, I, I did it because, like, I was thinking about it, and I saw that the uh, the Born Trilogy, quote-unquote, was streaming on HBO Max, which is oh, the yeah. first two Damon movies and the Renner movie, which apparently, according to Wikipedia, is not the, the trilogy, but... Uh, yeah, that came out, like, years after. What? HBO, please. Uh, Quit tri- well, lying to the people. It's fine. I'm going to go in the order that I watch them, because the also, third one... probably I, doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> so the third one I watched is the Renner movie. And, uh, so, <laughs> so you might be asking, um, how do they incorporate this into the world? So, like, cause, like, at this point, we know all this lore about these CIO programs and whatever with all these secret agents. And the answer is, in this world, <laughs> Matt Damon is still around doing things off camera. <laughs> Because they have, they have like CIA dudes in offices being like, oh, it appears that Jason Bourne has showed up in New York City and like caused some havoc. Dude, this sounds like when like World War Two. This sounds like when World War Two pilots would paint a sexy lady on the front of their planes and just do it with Matt Damon. (laughs) And it's it's funny because like the whole plot is about how Jeremy Renner is like this other guy that's in this program and like he's actually pretty good in this because he's like. He's playing, like, a character you see in a lot of, like, 
dad spy thrillers where like he's the one that's skeptical of everything the organization wants to do and uh he's like you know what's going on fucking oscar isaac's in this and like he meets oscar isaac in this mountain cabin after climbing over a mountain because he ran out of his magic pills that work in the born world for whatever not important the lore doesn't matter um but uh, he meets him and he's like asking him all these questions like you're the only person i've ever met in the program before like what about this what about that and he's like oh is this a test blah 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 and it's like you know all the tom clancy paranoia bullshit is there but uh this movie like has heart because it's like about this other character and like he's now trying to do the thing that damon was doing in the first movie so like it's more interesting than the other two that i watched like oh not the i mean like it's it's one and then this one and then the other two damon movies like very clearly but uh i do have to say because uh you still have the wikipedia up chris uh yeah uh what year did this come out in uh 2012 wait 2012 yeah oh so you didn't watch the fifth one i have not watched 2016's jason Bourne yet i did not have time for that however in this movie there is a scene where jeremy renner while climbing over this mountain has a fist fight with a bunch of CGI wolves. And it's one of the funniest oh, things I've ever seen. Okay, so right. moving this, is, I guess I'm watching the series soon. Okay. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's how that that's happens. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, like, this movie might be pretty good. The 2012 Wait, why CGI. Why have Liam Neeson one where he does it? Uh, the Grey? Yeah, we should do that. Anyway. Uh, Steve Rowe directed Michael Clayton? Man, speaking of movies, I want to rewatch. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to see that. I'm going to get to that soon. But, uh, <gasps> like, this is at least, like, a, a real movie with a beginning, middle, and end. It's like the the funny parts of this are really funny because again it's you know jason Bourne off camera doing stuff and also cgi wolves like you know that's an incredibly good bit to like not like that's not a recast he's also still there yeah just off you can see him over that horizon yeah. over there he's busy though we don't want to bother him right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, good. it was it was it was really that, good actually and especially because like as i'm watching this movie thinking i'm watching him in the correct order like, knowing that there's two more Matt Damon movies after this was really funny to me. Turns out there's only one, but that's fine. Because uh, now I'll talk about the Bourne Ultimatum. Uh, which, before you um, do, could I, uh, could I interject here? Uh, absolutely. My Bourne buddy. Ultimatum story. This won't take long. Uh, back when I started getting into movies, like, seriously, like, I gotta watch every movie ever made, whatever. 2009-ish. Uh, I, I, I had a lot of lists. One of the ones is the American Film Institute's list of the best American movies of all time. I was like, okay, I'll go through those. I killed off all those. And then I was like, okay, how about the IMDb Top 250? And the IMDb Top 250 is often biased towards recent releases that were fairly popular. Like, mm-hmm. Dune is like, what's Dune on it? Dune's like number 46 on that list. I'm like, come on, it's a bit high. I would uh, expect higher knowing that it, list. but I Maybe it's high, I don't know. That was the really. one where like the list came out and The Dark Knight was second, right? I it was up so. there for a long. I, no, I think time. It was, I. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Dark Knight Rises was on there at number two or something. I'm sure Return uh, of the King is still way up there too. Oh yeah, I know it is. But anyway, uh, I remember looking at that list. I remember seeing the Born Ultimatum on there. It's like really Ultimatums on there and not the first two. And I I was the same way back then that I am now. I'd like to watch the first two movies for context, and they do mm-hmm. have stories there. So I was like, okay, I'll watch the first two movies, and uh, then I'll watch Ultimatum, which is apparently one of the 250 best movies ever made. Uh, and I had a similar experience to you with The Born Identity, except I also liked Supremacy, and I also had a good time with Ultimatum. Yeah, like, it's not bad. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's forgettable. Uh, and, like, that's that. kind of, ultimately, not to bury the oh. lead, but, like, this is, like, kind of how I feel about Ultimatum too. Like, the movie this reminded me the most of is, Parker, you remember that uh, that Netflix Chris Hemsworth movie that came out, like, two years ago? 
I never got around to watching it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you don't need to. This reminded me of that. Yeah, like, like right. it's, it's the action scenes are all too long because they're like trying to pad runtime for some reason, despite the fact that this is like an hour fifty. That let me say this about the the four movies at this point, all of them except the Renner movie are under two hours, like mercifully so, because like an hour forty to hour fifty is like the sweet spot for these, and the the Renner movie is like two hours ten, and it's too much, but uh. This one also, like, I felt like this should have been a tight 90. Like, not even because, like, I don't like long movies. Just, there's not enough there. Because it's more lore. Like, if you like the Bourne lore, this one gives you more than the second one. And, you know, there's, like, actual, I don't want to call it, like, real character growth from Matt Damon. Because it's mostly just him running through set pieces, yelling at people through an earpiece. But, like, there's, yeah, it's, it's not nothing. Like, I just, I'm going to forget that I watched this movie in two weeks. I can promise you that. Like, and it, again, it's not that it's bad, because there's, like, nothing technically bad about it. It's just not, it doesn't stand out. I, how many fucking movies have you guys seen in your lives where it's, like, a bunch of spies running through a bunch of, like, old-timey European cities, and then they, they jump to another location, and there's other stuff there, and then, like, that there's like a twist in the bad guy's plot and then they go to a third location and there's more stuff and there's like a shootout and there's probably like a close combat scene in a stairwell and then they go outside and a voiceover tells you like you know what happened it's some congressional hearing afterward and then the credits roll like that's i've seen 50 movies that are literally that and this is just one of them and again it's not bad like i i would love to get out here and say like oh, you know, this movie's so fucking dumb. Here's all the things that's wrong with it. It's like, no, it's just, like, uh, it's mostly Matt Damon killing red shirts and then, like, one strong guy that's after him who doesn't have any characterization whatsoever because he's a weird CIA assassin. And then they fight, and then Matt Damon wins, and then he gets some files out of a filing cabinet and talks a bunch of trash to the CIA, and the movie's over. Like, okay. Cool. So we're talking a solid 2000s dad thriller. Yeah, basically. Like it was... get... They run all those on like Memorial Day on TNT. You're yeah. popping back at that recliner, you're having a good time. Yeah, I mean, if I... Uh, that That's like a situation where like if I like took one too many edibles that day, it just like was in my recliner for 10 hours watching all the porn movies, I'd feel pretty good. It's like, a good day. Like, they're not bad. And it was funny that you posted the, the hierarchy of the, the dad movies this week because uh oh. i had i already watched the first two at that point and i was like oh i, I can't say anything <laughs> but also like i'm gonna watch the fifth one because i have to like it's like i literally have to with this one. i've watched four of the five yeah. how, how does it, it feel like, buddy yeah yeah it is kind of weird isn't it <laughs> well i mean none of them were bad if one of them were like absolute fucking dog shit then it would be different but like it's like these are fine at worst they're background noise i'm good with that i can I just like to reveal something for you hours. if one of them was absolute dog shit it wouldn't change anything you're, you're, you're stuck in this well uh, just dis disagree it's very easy for me to drop <laughs> things and one of them is bad the only franchise that's like more than three movies that i've watched to completion i guess there's two it's bond and halloween <laughs> like and i watched the halloween movies like in one sitting as a bit like, yeah was, i was gonna yeah. say that's uh, yeah, that's, yeah, a good, yeah. that's a good day also even i reasons. haven't done that I mean, I've seen all. Yeah, yeah. Oh really? So. Oh really? Well, there are eleven <laughs> of them, so uh, oh, I wouldn't man. expect you to. The yeah, fuck? there's a lot, dude. 
There's you a get lot. drunk and do one through three and then four through six and the next day you're yeah when when, uh, when you yeah, when you hear that that H two O is Halloween seven like it really puts it in perspective that's a good point because then you got the that's Buster awesome. Rhymes one is eight exactly. and then the two Rob Zombie movies and then the two new uh, ones and uh, yeah. I guess there's twelve okay you can get through those eight real quick because yeah. you're like damn like this movie really sucks like hey you know we're two movies away from Buster Rhymes right and you're like fuck it just roll them let's go it's, they're yeah. a tight ninety let's go yeah. hit play yeah fuck it. Jeez. So, uh, speaking of franchises that involve, you know, guns and shooting and action, um, we on this podcast are big fans of Kingsman 1, and we on this podcast are the opposite of big fans of Kingsman 2. So, you know, somebody had to go see the rubber match, you know, see, you know, like, does Matthew Vaughn know what he's doing, you know? That came this... out? Yeah, Apparently it came out today. <clears throat> yeah. I just, like, <laughs> I just pulled up the showtimes and was like, yeah, I could watch this, sure. Because I just I, school ended yesterday. I have you not seen the trailer yet, Parker? The trailer looks pretty. I've good. seen the trailer a million times, but I didn't realize it came out today. Yeah, I was like, oh, that uh, looks alright. So uh, here's the thing: <laughs> turns out, uh, one was the anomaly, not two. Oh, let no. me dive into this. <clears throat> now, uh, Chris, as you noticed earlier, I uh, I tweeted my tweet length review of this movie it was really good dude uh, perry bible fellowship <laughs> yeah so i tweeted out for like for context i tweeted out the pbf comic of uh the world war ii movie in the future with the uh <laughs> the dude jousting off the nazi said and then the title card over the atom bomb and then a bunch of people in the future like walk into the theater as this is now showing world war ii and uh <laughs> let me tell you that was uh all i could think about for most of this movie now uh, this is a prequel to the other movies. This is the start of the Kingsman Secret Society that uh, took place during World War One. So this is a period piece, much like Wonder Woman. And uh, as avid listeners would know, I am something of a history dork. So anytime there's a period piece, like I try my hardest to you know take like my history knowledge out of it. But some movies just demand it of you. Just absolute like you can't like. You can't avoid thinking about it because it's very clear that whoever was involved in making this movie has read a history book before. But you can't help but think about what fucking history book it was because it's just an absolute fucking mess of factors. Let me get into this. And let me also say before I start that I describe this to somebody else as a, like, 1914 Forrest Gump. And... Fuck! <laughs> oh, I sent a chill down my spine. Oh my god! <laughs> so like, I love it's songs. not. It's it's not that our main character is just going through the courts of Europe, you know, riffing. It's that they feel the need to show us all of these events happening as like a backdrop and a pretext for all these actions. So you've seen those trailers, you know that Rasputin plays heavily into this movie. And uh, let me tell you, he plays heavily into this movie for about forty minutes. Now here's why. So this is before the Kingsmen have been founded, and there is a evil league of bad guys. They're trying to influence world events. They want a world war. Why, you ask? Actually, you know what? I want you guys to think, you know, take whatever whatever World War One knowledge you have, like however limited it may be, think about what you know, and then think about what shadow causes might have wanted to trigger these events. And just take a guess. The dumber the better, because you're not going to get it. Parker, don't say it. Well, okay, then you answer. <laughs> I have a couple guesses, but... I drank uh, a lot on an empty stomach, so I'm just going to plead the fifth on this one. 
What do they want to influence? Uh, <coughs> I'm sorry. This what? is the. Oh, bless the, you. This <laughs> is the you. Uh, the founding of the band Franz Ferdinand. So, uh, thank you for Franz, taking that. Franz Ferdinand is that. in this movie. And not only is he in this movie, I've his assassination takes on historical characteristics because the assassin mm. fails the first time and then comes back with a pistol to get him. So, can, like, it's clear they read a question? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, what song plays when he gets assassinated? Not one. Feel like we'll get to the songs. I, I have songs oh. to get to. I, don't oh. worry. No, it turns out the shadowy figure that is influencing all of the events of World War One is some guy who wants Scottish independence. <laughs> Apparently, so the movies, first of all, the movie's speaking, good. <laughs> speaking of Samurai Jack, <laughs> literally. It's sure, just sure. this fucking, like, we don't see his face till the end of the movie, because obviously, oh, it's a reveal of, oh my god, it's this character, I can't it's believe it's the Brazzers it's guy. <laughs> it is not the Brazzers guy, but it's just this fucking guy talking in a barn, sounding like fat bastard. <laughs> like, like, legit, like, not even exaggerating. Like, like, I was, I was sitting there watching this with the little lady, and she you know, is normally good at not talking during movie theaters because she just wants to be polite to everybody. And oh. the only word she said the whole movie is like, why is Fat Bastard in this? <laughs> uh, Alex, no. you've seen Samurai Jack again. I, all I can think about now, now that Parker said, is the Scottish guy that's there <laughs> screaming the entire movie. <laughs> Bowers Putin. It is unreal. So Rasputin is part of the conspiracy of bad guys to, uh, Again, get Scottish independence by starting a world war. So, uh, I guess the idea is... Well, I guess they say the idea. The idea is that if Britain loses to Germany, then the Scots just have to be freed. You figure it out. Yeah, that's the way it works. Yeah, of course. So this shadow organization is responsible for assassinating Franz Ferdinand. Um, they have advisors in all the courts of Europe. We get a bunch of lore about, you know, the, the monarchs of Europe at the time. as Kaiser Wilhelm getting bullied by his cousins, Nicholas of Russia and George V of England. Uh, which, like, is semi-rooted in fact. But also, they all have stupid upturned mustaches and they're, like, psycho warmongers in this movie. So it's, like, 40% history and 60% some guy writing a graphic novel. Which, uh, you know, I can live with that. It's not a big deal. You know, sometimes you take historical liberties. Sometimes we have to pretend that Eric Ludendorff was the god of war in a movie. Like, sometimes (laughs) Charles Dance is just in your movie playing Lord Kitchener, who is the guy from the I Want You posters. Like, uh... I thought it was Uncle Sam. Yeah, you figure it out. Um, but, um, uh, anyway, so... The whole fucking, like, the, the A-plot is Ray Fiennes is involved in British intelligence in some fucking way. Like, he's like a duke of who fucking cares. And his son, who witnesses his mom get murdered in the Boer War at the beginning of the movie, he's like, I really want to enlist. I really want to fight in World War One. Dad, you have to let me fight in World War One. It's honorable and noble and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, no, nah, you fucking idiot. You're not going to go fight. Like, I fought in all these wars. Parker, and then they just feral boars. Yeah. <laughs> My eyes lit up with Did you say Boer War? They uh took place in Australia. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not, I should get not into quite. history, you guys. Not, Sorry. But not quite, buddy. 
South Africa, but you know, close enough. The other place with all the criminals. Anyway, um, so they they some shit happens. They have to go to Russia. Ray finds agrees to take his kid along because, and I quote, Rasputin likes fucking boys. So of course, this eighteen-year-old kid has to come along, and we get it's an anime, huh? Yeah, and, we'll and I this whole fucking time I was like, all right, if you're gonna have Rasputin be the bad guy in a movie, like it's gotta be Jared Leto, right? The man was born to play Rasputin. Literally, like, like just everything about him and his look and his mannerisms. Like, he has to be Rasputin in the Rasputin movie. He literally has to. Well, it turns out, A, this isn't the Rasputin movie, and B, they decided to take this character and just make him the horniest dude imaginable. So, like... The boys? For everyone, apparently. Apparently, oh, Rasputin good. just lets to sling his enormous dick at everybody. We get a scene where he, uh... He licks Ray Fine's war wound to cure it, and then just projectile vomits everywhere because that's funny, you know. And there's like, you know, he's like behind people doing like the like the fucking humping thing that you would do behind people when you were in high school. Like, it's, okay, I did do that. Uh, well, I, some of us, you know, don't want to name names, Parker, but uh, um, very immature. Yeah, <laughs> very mature, Rondo. <laughs> anyway, so apparently this whole fucking thing is to lead to a sword fight. Set to 1812 Overture. Oh. You figure it out. God. And, and this is... One of my favorite songs. This is at the point where, like, the movie's like, ah, eh, you know, maybe they could go either way with it. Oh, it's a stylistic choice. I get it. So they kill Rasputin. Good guys win at minute 40 of the movie. And then we cut back to our angry friend, Fat Bastard, just yelling and screaming about his new recruits. Like... I don't care if our politics are different. I need you to destabilize the world. And the camera pans around, and it's God. just Lenin. It's just Lenin just sitting there in the fucking chair at his barn. God. Are you serious? Fuck I off. was oh, shout man. laughing into a napkin as I was like, this movie fucking sucks. Because this is like the point where you know. It's like, oh, this is actually for idiots. And uh, we get his kid actually deploys to the front lines. He switches places with somebody else. Hey, uh, hey, Chris, you read books, right? Yeah. Have you read All Quiet on the Western Front? No, no, yeah, I like the movie a lot. I really like the movie. Okay, well, if you know the movie, then then you know, like, the famous scene at the end where it's just him and the old guy, and the old guy gets shot in the leg, and he has to carry the old guy back. And, like, he carries him all the way back to, to Friendly Lions, and the doctor looks at him and goes, why'd you carry this guy? He's dead. He's been shot in the back of the head. Yeah. Well, you know who else has read that book? Shot for shot, dude. No, you can't just do that, man. Oh, but they did. They did. And I was fucking apoplectic sitting there, sitting next to someone who doesn't read, who I couldn't complain to in the middle of the movie. Literally, they have to go out on a mission to no man's land to get this this guy that was a spy for the British and then he gets out there and the guy has his leg blown off and he carries him back as all the shells are falling around him and the last one hits them in the back and they're in the trench it's like yeah go ask him he'll tell you everything and the camera spins around and the guy's dead it's like you have got to be fucking kidding me you're ripping off one of our great literary works for this schlocky Kingsman movie I was losing it. <laughs> it's a throwback to all those old Quiet on the Western Front fans out there. Yeah, you know. 
literally just me. The only person that knew what that was from. Hey, right yeah. here. I like that movie. M- much <laughs> like Spider-Man, a lot of Easter eggs for the real guys out there. <laughs> I... We're all the Western Front fans there. Again, like, it's cool if you want to do, like, your thing, like, fused in history. Like, I respect that. It's really neat. And, like, it's, it's clear that there was some care taken throughout this movie that, like, some people give a shit about history and think there's interesting stories to tell from this stuff and then you get a mid-credits scene where the new bad guy and lennon are introduced to a shadowy figure who steps forward and twiddles his mustache and says that he is adolf hitler oh god damn it i knew it yep. i knew it was coming yeah his mustache there's not much to twiddle there uh so the he's got fucking a nick fury scene but with hitler correct <laughs> literally Unironically, full ass bushy mustache. We have the 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 big bad guy going. You know, my left hand is very strong, but I also need a strong right hand. As he stares into a vault of gold. Do, wait, does it? When he says strong right hand, does he do this? He does not do the Nazi salute. However, we see a guy walk in, and then like the lights come up on the guy, and he has like a full regular person mustache, and you're like. Well, surely it's not. You, know. you can't be Hitler because and you then, have a mustache. And then he twiddles his normal person mustache and says, and it, it "My takes name it is Adolf Hitler." Yes, dude. I, dude. I really thought. Okay, so this, imagine this though. Imagine this like a million times better movie. It's like Joseph Saul with a Joseph Saul mustache, and he looks at the camera and says, "I am Adolf Hitler." And it goes to credits. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me. That's like the, that's like the shittiest shit post I could ever think of. And, and I like, might tweet that. <laughs> while all of this dumb shit is happening, there's like a movie going on, and they're like, "We have to stop the bad guys. We have to." We have to convince Woodrow Wilson that the Zimmerman telegram is real. <laughs> I am Come not on. kidding. No, that I'm is a plot gonna, point. I'm not watching this. I'm not doing this. Chris, do you want to know why Woodrow Wilson is not willing to join the war on the side of our righteous allies? Too many black people on our side? Close. It's because the Scottish guy also has a hot woman that had sex with him and recorded it on an old-timey microfilm. I refuse to believe the Witcher. This is the worst thing I've ever heard about. Dude, like, like, so, as I'm watching this, I thought for a little bit, like, is this an episode? Should we do this? And then, like, I re... So the the problem is, like, we would hate this. And most people that listen would be like, who's Gavrilo Princip? And they'd be right. And they'd be completely well within their rights to not know who that is. But if you do, this movie is, like, soul-rending. It is. It hurts. I would me also be asking who that is. That I'd I be do. typing it in because I'd be yeah. too embarrassed to ask. Oh, of course, it's yeah. the guy. That's the guy that shot Franz Ferdinand. Star right. Before, yeah. Who was like, that's featured thing, in this like, movie? But see, that's the thing is, I don't mind historical fiction, but like, don't play exactly. with your food. You know, that's my problem. Is exactly. like when you, yeah, you start like messing around with stuff like that. It kind of feels like it's trivializing World War One. Did you get that impression? So, again, I literally tweeted the PBF comic of the British soldier jousting the Nazis head off. Because that's how it felt. I think they were both riding unicorns or something. Yeah. I just wish, like, Saving Private Ryan had a mid-credit stinger. That'd really do a lot. Yeah, it's just just fucking Kim Il-sung being like, (laughs) yeah, we will begin our invasion of the South. (laughs) See, that's, dude, that's the thing that gets me. It's like, historical fiction can be a lot of fun, and it's not like you can't include actual historical figures every once in a while. That's, like, kind of cool. Like, 
this is going to sound like a weird reference because it's not really a movie, but like, what was it, Assassin's Creed 3 or whatever? It takes place in like the colonial era. At one right. point, you're like up in the rafters and you see Ben Franklin come and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool, Ben Franklin. Like, I remember my mom saying, it's like, you get Ben Franklin in video games? Maybe they're good now. And, like, he's only in there for, like, five minutes, and he doesn't do anything. He doesn't, like, pull out an ancient, like, steampunk gun to give to the assassin or anything. Right. You know? He just talks, I don't know, he talks about bifocals or something, then he leaves. And, it's like, and that's, like, a little thing. It's like, oh, this is, like, that's one of the guys that's around this time. I can sort of, like, you know, place myself in that era. He doesn't have fucking Rasputin breakdancing or whatever. And, like, that's the thing. Because, like, I'm of the opinion this is the most interesting period in human history from, like, a historical and anthropological perspective. Because it's, like, just before, like, the quote-unquote modern world, like, got kicked off. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm absolutely fascinated by this period. And there's a lot of, like, weird, cool stories that get touched on in here. Where it's, like, somebody else read some of the shit that I read and went, this is neat. And then went what if I do a comic book series where the Scottish independence guy lives on top of a gigantic mountain that has a bunch of devil goats on it, and then... Oh my god, I gotta talk about the devil goats. So, Hey babe, uh, you didn't watch the Disney goats? series, but Ludendorff has the time stone now, so that's why they need to recruit <laughs> Rasputin. No, those are canon. No, yeah. I told you to watch yeah. the summary. Yeah, That's on you. That's I'm on you. I'm not pausing it. I'm not pausing it. So anyway, they find out where the big bad guy's lair is because uh, he gives all of his people scarves that are made from this special type of wool that only comes from a rare goat that lives on vibranium. This random fucking Dude, plateau in who knows where. Dude, I know. So anyway, like, like we have like we literally have the fucking we have because like, they won't show they won't show us the guy's face because he's clearly some other character in the movie and. and it, Sorry. <laughs> so like 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 it's always like shot from behind him with like his head shaved or he's just like yelling in this fat bastard voice. And like <laughs> in one of the scenes to prove how serious he is, he just murders one of his prized goats. And then another one, he's like fencing with this other guy, and then like somebody comes up to give him some bad news. And so he literally does the the you know when I get angry, Mister Picklesworth gets upset. Mister Picklesworth gets upset. People <laughs> die, and he shoots somebody with his fucking sword gun. Like, come on! Oh, you're yeah. doing this just for Parker. <laughs> it sucks ass. It I absolutely it. sucks ass. Um, but uh, so when when the good guys who uh you know it's 1914, they're the pioneers of aviation. Ray Fiennes has to parachute out of a plane onto this like bluff because his black servant won't do it and no it's okay he's also in the kingsman he's the first merlin so it's cool it's not actually weird and like you know questionable don't worry about it and he parachutes in but his parachute misses so he has to scale this mountain that only goats can scale so he watches what the goats do and he follows them up no come on i'm not no 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 you gotta let me finish this so then he gets to the top and the one goat that had one of his horns chopped off by the bad guy in a fit of rage, like, tries to headbutt him off the cliff. But then he makes it up, and he pets the goat on the nose. Is that going to come back later? Well, let me tell you, of course it does, because during the climactic battle, the bad guy has the upper hand, and then the goat that he was nice to earlier headbutts the bad guy off a cliff. This is literally a movie with Chekhov's goat. It is is unfathomable. It's like that dog in Resident Evil 4. It's like... He comes back to help me fight the El Gijon. It is... I... Man, am I glad I called that guy. Yeah. 
that gets put on lipstick. <laughs> so anyway, then then they found the Kingsman and everything's happy, even though the guy's kid died. You know, he, he you know got revenge on everybody. And uh, I will leave you guys with this final thought. Parker, I mentioned earlier that Kaiser Wilhelm was in this movie. You know, mm-hmm. one of the most evil Germans of all time. <laughs> what do you think his first line is? I'm gonna be honest. You really got me on Austin Powers' kick right now. I'll, it's clouding my. I judgment. will get. I will give you a hint. It is okay. one word. Oh, oh come on, Parker! It's obvious. God damn it! Just I don't want Chris, to say Chris, it. take it. Shiza. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> that sucks. Isn't that? As soon fun? as he said it was one word, I was like, "Oh, well, it's not sauerkraut. It's gonna so, have to." Be. So anyway, my review of the Kingsman is: it's better than Kingsman Two. <laughs> my entire interpretation of this movie is it ends someone pulls up an overhead projector and goes hey who says history can't be fun right guys and everyone files out to third period literally like one of the most offensive movies I've ever seen in my life as someone that has the misfortune of knowing things it hurt me in ways a giant get. biplane in Wonder Woman never could that's what you get for reading books instead of just yeah. skipping history to play more Halo. Yeah. <laughs> Joke's on you. Buddy, they have podcasts. I don't need the Halo audio. I'm a tone-deaf idiot anyway. I don't know where the shots are coming from. Anyway, there. let's talk about Spider-Man, buddy. Where to begin? There's so many there's... places we could begin. Because, <laughs> like, we could go through the movie, but there's just a broad sense of, like, I don't know if it's a good movie, but it's entertaining. Like, well, if I guess you I replace play... this concept with, like, keep the same plot beats, but do literally any other IP, this is one of the most Russian movies I've ever seen. Correct. And I have a... But because of this IP and the people they bring in, I'm just sitting there soy-facing like a little piggy. And it's not even just the people they bring in. Because, um, I would say if I have one, like, you know, overarching comment on this movie, it's that... This movie does everything right that I get mad at Marvel movies for doing wrong, and then fucks up everything that every other Marvel movie manages to do. It is like the complete inverse of every single one of these fucking movies in so many ways. Because, like, for starters, this movie actually has likable characters. It has people that you want to see do things. And what do they do with that? Literally nothing. Hey guys, by the way, spoilers. A lot of spoilers. Oh, oh yeah. Throwing that out. So I assume this. I I assume this isn't going up for two weeks. So like, by the time people hear it, like, I've been saying that to be shitty. It's just like, I I feel perfectly comfortable spoiling this, just because like, if you want to see it, you'll have seen it by there. How much money this movie made? Holy fucking shit! I've not been in a theater this packed in two years. Yeah, I, uh, I again accidentally saw the opening day showing at three p.m. And when a 3 p.m. Thursday movie is as filled as the one I was at, I was like, holy shit. And, like, it wasn't, it was, like, half full. But, like, still, for 3 p.m. on a Thursday, that's insane. Like, I saw a third highest Thursday opening. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, there haven't been a lot of big COVID movies. It's like, oh, ever. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Jesus yeah. This movie made a fuck. Turns out uh, people like Spider-Man. Yeah, and they like Tom Holland, and I don't blame them, because he is really good at this. And fucking, his friends are really good characters that are fun to be around. 
Like, even would, the fucking douchebag kid. Or like, die for Ned. Yeah. Bring the fucking douchebag Twitch streamer kid back in every one of these movies, and I'll be like, yeah, that guy. I fucking love that guy. Like, every single one of them. I'm good with it. Um, like, this movie treads so dangerously close to Batman v Superman Martha levels on several ooh. occasions. Mm-hmm. And yet, it works because, like, it promises things you want to see. And then delivers those things. So you're like, yeah, I don't really care how we got there. No, it doesn't make sense that he would make this spell. Why would Doctor Strange do this? It right. doesn't matter. All right. I get no. to see fucking no. Alfred no. Molina come in. We're talking about the spell now. Oh, uh, we like, have we gotta, oh, Absolutely, is, we are. All right. So, uh, for the most part, this movie avoids all of the absolutely miserable franchise tie-ins that are just endemic of all these fucking movies. With one major glaring exception. And that is one Benedict Bumper notes as Doctor Strange. Who features prominently in the plot event of this movie. So, Chris, here's what you need to know about the plot of this movie. Okay. Spider-Man and his friends are trying to go to MIT, because they're all brain geniuses or fucking whatever. And then Spider-Man gets outed by J.K. Simmons. You know, it's like, ah, yeah, this is, uh, he's, it's him. So they all get denied from MIT because they know Spider-Man. Spider-Man's really bummed about this. You know, he's like, oh, man, my friends and I can't go to... The greatest school in the world. Like, you know, we gotta go somewhere else. Actually, rather than doing something else, I'm gonna go talk to my wizard friend and see if he can make everybody forget that I'm Spider-Man. So he starts casting a spell that's like, alright, everyone's gonna forget that you're Spider-Man and you and your friends can probably go to college. Ignoring the fact that that's, you know, there's like about a million other better versions of the spell you could do. Like, let's put that aside. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's one of those things where you take this into account and go, wait, couldn't he have just undone all of these movies? But again, I don't care. I'm here to see. Right, exactly. All of the like, 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 take me through it. And then uh, he just keeps interrupting the spell and to change things. It's like, well, I need this person to remember. Well, I actually need this person to remember. And so uh, here's the funny part of this. Like, when Doctor Strange is doing his spell thing, he's like telling him, like, literally no one, including me, is ever going to remember. And then he keeps interrupting them for these other things anyway. Which makes also, no sense in context. Why? <laughs> why would you not ask... Alright, before I start this, uh, do you have any exceptions to this rule? Before I just blanket wipe you from all memory ever? So, uh, Parker, I'm about to make this movie better for you. Uh-huh. Here's literally all you need for this scene to work. It'll be our little secret. Literally <laughs> all you need. Like, me and Doctor Strange know when that's it. Because well, then it makes sense. Here's the thing I learned by listening to podcasts on the way home from work. So, uh, you might remember 2020 was a magical year where we didn't have any Marvel movies. Uh-huh. So, they had all these movies slated out, right? COVID hits, pushing stuff back, pushing stuff back. They flip some movies around, things swap spaces. And it gets to the point, like, okay, originally, that new Doctor Strange that you saw the teaser for at the end was supposed to come out before this. They flip movies around, they push stuff back, they go, okay, Sony, uh, this is coming out then, we need you to push back Spider-Man. To which they responded, No. Doesn't matter. We're not going to do that. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure there was supposed to be some context baked into no, the movie no. we'd see before this. Literally but literally doesn't uh, matter. Whoopsie no. daisies. So, so, again, here's the problem. <laughs> They've had access the whole time to a spell that can make everyone in the universe forget about a certain thing. And they didn't just use it to make Thanos forget the Infinity Stone. Correct. <laughs> like, like, literally, it's universe-breaking. It's literally yeah, a universe-breaking <laughs> plot point. And, like, in a better movie, I don't think about that. 
I am too focused on what's going on, you know, like, oh, yeah, there's Daredevil. I'm super hype right now. Because... That's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the person, like, the only other person in the back row when I saw this was, I guess, the token Marvel fan in the theater who started doing, like, the extremely embarrassing really fast clap thing when, when Daredevil oh. came on screen. And it oh. hurt my soul, but, like, also, it was the only person doing it, so, like, I was good with it. You know, it's like, yeah, there could be one. Myself. I'm good with one. So if there's one, then I know everybody else in the other room is like, this fucking guy. Right. <laughs> but, uh, literal universe-breaking plot point, as we've Absolutely. established. Like, like it ruins the entire continuity they've built. This is worse than Time Tuners. This is worse than any fucking dumbass time travel plot point that any franchise has ever introduced. It's, it's unfathomably bad. But, like, you still want to give it a chance because you like Tom Holland and Zendaya and the guy that plays Ned who... No one knows his name. It's fine. Because um, it's like, I don't. I know what's coming. Right. So get me there. Break this universe. I, and that's also just a thing we get when, instead of having the Marvel border, I'm like, here's the giant whiteboard in this. And you're like, calling up Sony going, okay, so we need this to fit here. And they're like, they just give you the jerk off motion. Like, nah. Yeah. Don't, don't really care as it turns out. So, uh, they could have contained this. And they tried, in a sense, to contain it. Because what happens is like, Doctor Strange is like, yeah, I fucked up the spell. And, like, bad stuff might start happening. But it's cool because I put it in this magical MacGuffin box. And, like, all I have to do is press this button on the box and everything's going to go back to normal. And, like, nothing will be fucked up anymore. So, like, cool. Easy fix, right? We're 30 minutes into a two and a half hour movie. We've got our solution. It's the dumbass meme puzzle just hit box. The button. Whatever. Just hit the button. All you just gotta do is hit the button and everything goes just back hit, to normal. Don't even explain it to him. Just hit the button and leave. You're a wizard. Just hit the button. Yeah. Why, why are you telling He's this teenager what you're doing? The teenager fucked everything up for you. Like, why are we doing this? Like, none of this matters. You don't need to fucking give him a speech about why pressing the button is important. So anyway, of course, Spider-Man, who is a teenager, who uh, has a hot aunt who works at a homeless shelter, uh, she's like... Oh, we found Willem Dafoe wandering around the street. Hell He's yeah, this dude. senile old man. And he came from this other universe that you just told me about. And Peter, you just have to fix him. Like, you just, you can't, you can't let a bad thing happen to this poor helpless old man. Because, like, at this point we know, like, all of the old villains from Spider-Man are just loose in the world. They're just loose, they're causing havoc. They're just, like, wrecking shit. But they also know that all of them that got transported to this world the second before they were killed by that universe of spider-man therefore our spider-man takes it on upon himself to fix them so that they don't have to die uh i guess like he's a young kid like it was fun realizing like you know his villains so far have been like michael keaton's mad that they got ripped off but they can't make money and then also jake gyllenhaal just having to interact with just the raw psycho of Fucking Willem Dafoe with crazy poison green gas trying to throw pumpkin bombs at people. Hey, uh... Hey, Pretty good bit. Hey, Chris, you remember the, uh, the Spider-Man comic edit with the, uh, the fucking lizard man where he says he peed in the vaccine and that's why he's not, like, transferring back? <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the bad guys in this. So Dude, is, uh... Lizard fucking sucks. I hate Amazing Spider-Man so much. So is, uh, whoever the fuck Sandman is... And uh, oh, so is Jamie Foxx. 
I, I think I did see like a brief snippet of someone like electricity, but I was just like, they got Jamie Foxx for this? Man, Why would he say I that? wish he'd watch Amazing sure Spider-Man did. 2 before Dude, this. Exactly. Because yeah. it's really funny, because it's very obvious there was Jamie Foxx only agreed like, can I can I play a cool guy this time? Yeah. <laughs> can I not have a comb over and look like it? Have... <laughs> he's very clearly not playing that character whatsoever, even right, though he's supposed yeah. to be that guy transposed from that universe. Yeah. So anyway, like like the bad guys are getting rounded up. We're at maybe the hour mark at this point. Again, the uh, the fucking sword of Damocles, the fucking box that you just press to end the movie at literally any time. It's just like hanging no, around. No, he has so, to save them. But like. Uh, again, we we are now like deep in the trenches of this movie has zero stakes, like literally zero stakes. And you know what? Like, not every movie has to have stakes, but you can't tell me the world is in jeopardy if these guys are here. But also, you can't press the button because that's what happens. Because uh, Spider Man does some high school math to trap Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension. Don't worry about it. Uh, That's the thing from the first Doctor Strange movie. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Sure. Yeah, I'm never going to find out because I do not care about Benedict Pumpernuts, and I never will. He is... The fact that they make him try and do this American accent in these movies... It's bad. It's really bad. It's brutal. It's really bad. Just make him a British guy. Like, British people are basically wizards anyway. Like, it's cool. Exactly. If he walks in with a cape and speaks in a British accent, no one's saying it... He could just do it next movie. No one's questioning it. Yeah. He's a wizard. Everyone's expecting a British accent anyway. Exactly. He's a magic dude. cape, and he does the hand spins, and then magic comes out. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know why. He, I don't know why he has to talk like this. American Doctor see, Stephen Strange. See, that's the thing that gets that's me awful. about this is that, like, in the the trailer is to me, it's god awful. I I couldn't stand the trailer partially because I saw it a million times, but the trailer where he says, "Let's Scooby do this crap." Oh, he says Why shit in the movie. That that, that's their shit use. Right there. Oh, they say they'll Scooby-Doo the shit? They say he Scooby says shit twice shit. in the scene. That's what they do with their PG-13 movie. Oh, yeah. They, we gotta, they, ha- we gotta have him say, shit. let's Scooby-Doo the shit. Because, you know, uh, bad word. Yeah, it's funny. You know. it, well, it's a laugh for the kids. To, well, that's, that gets you to PG-13, because otherwise it feels like this movie would just be a PG. So, like, that's well. the fucking thing. Like, <laughs> this movie's kind of, like, really violent. <laughs> it's... Oh. It really brings out that Raimi era of the, just beating the dog shit out of each other, which, man, Chris, when I tell you there's a sequence in which an unhinged Willem Dafoe just starts body slamming little Tom Holland through walls. It's great. Good stuff. It's really good, good stuff, man. Sound pretty good, yeah. <laughs> um, Beats the shit out of that kid. Yeah. Seeing, man, Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina just walking circles around the entire cast did a lot for me. It's Might be biased speaking, but... I was so happy every time they were on screen. So, uh, I I, my, my takeaway from this movie was uh, Alfred Molina is having a great time and also has no idea what movie he's in. Correct. He is, like, capital O, capital A overacting in this movie. It he's is so... obscene, but it's really funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, he just, like... <laughs> the scene that comes to mind for me... <laughs> And I know this is going to mean nothing to almost everyone listening, but season three of Dexter, when Jimmy Smith says the city fucking hall speech and just like starts shouting out of nowhere, that's Alfred Molina this whole fucking time, dude. Like, Chris, let me pitch this movie to you real quick. <laughs> so uh, you get all these films back, including Willem Dafoe, right? Yeah. Riding around on a hang glider throwing pumpkins without the mask on. Just Willem Dafoe making Willem Dafoe faces and yep. laughing at people and throwing yeah. pumpkin bombs. Are you yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in now, aren't you? Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he, he, 
he canonically breaks the mask and it's like all right this is cool like i'm into this uh so then we're what at like hour 20 when the bad guys kill aunt may like (laughs) yeah dude she eats a fucking goblin glider yeah she uh absolutely eats shit and like when it happens it's like you know supposed to be this big emotional like fulcrum of like oh man spider-man's gonna break bad he's gonna like you know he's gonna want to kill these people and this and that but like what actually happens is you're sitting there in the theater at the 80 minute mark is oh, finally the fucking movie's gonna start like holy shit yeah, why did we just do this in minute 20 anime. like yeah. don't give a fuck about anime. i do not care about spider-man and his friends trying to get into mit i do not care about alfred molina's crisis of conscience i don't need to hear them yell while they're in their fucking wizard prisons about you know the future and this and that, like doesn't fucking matter you know i'm sorry but like reiterate so good all right just briefly like the idea that he and his friends are trying to get into mit and thus he wishes it's it's pretty close to wishing i had never been bored or whatever that stuff (laughs) yeah this all sounds like a fucking like uh, a fairly odd parents episode you know I mean, you tell me way, Pepper dude. Potts can't pick up the fucking phone and get him to MIT? Suck my dick, yes. movie. Literally, the million, gorillion billionaire Tony Stark is, like, living down the street from him. Tony Stark's, like, <laughs> fucking quartermaster is fucking his aunt. That's and canon also, for some fucking reason. Like, don't... You have to remember, so they have the scene where he goes back to school, right? Because yeah. it's their senior year. They're not even graduating yet. They have a whole year. Maybe just reapply in three months instead of <laughs> having the wizard cast a universe-breaking spell. But also, I don't care, because then Willem Dafoe flies in on a hang glider and throws pumpkins. So I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Whatever gets me to this. I don't give a shit. And this is this is the part of the movie where, you know, Spider-Man turns emo. He fucks off for a while. His friends, who uh, have Doctor Strange's magic ring that lets you make oh, yeah. portals, don't... Boy, the, yeah. Yeah. Like, a lot of these new Spider-Mans are, I mean, we're clearly shooting for a young audience. And, hey, it's clearly working. One it's, of the most successful movies ever yeah, in like, the middle of a new wave of COVID. Like, clearly it's working for people. And it's cool. Like, I'm into these characters. I'm fine with them just, like, riffing. And then they, uh, they're like, we need to use the magic ring to find Peter Parker. And they look for him. And they get Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And he shows up in their living room. And he does bits. And uh, he climbs around the ceiling. Ape shit. I, so, I knew he was in it. So, like, this wasn't like a big deal to me. I did not know they got Tobey Maguire back. Dude, just because I, fi- theater... I figured, I figured Tobey Maguire wouldn't do it. Like, he doesn't act. Be- <laughs> He's out. Being in a theater in 2021 and hearing a sold-out crowd go ape shit for Tobey Maguire, just dressed like a middle-aged dad sauntering through a magic portal, really did a lot for me it was good what a it's time a, to be it's alive it's a great fucking scene. like so that's the thing like i'm like i sound like i'm poo-pooing these scenes they work they're they, all uh, really, like as soon as they come in like the whole rest of the movie i just fucking flush all of my problems down the toilet i could watch five movies of these three dudes hanging out fighting yeah, bad guys it's because it's all good like like they understand what you want from this because like they have the banter from the different universe spider-mans it's like well in my universe we have this thing and in my universe we do this it's like oh you can't do this well i can do this and like it's like it's fan service the scene it, where they both realize that he just shoots webs out of his hand and doesn't use artificial ones yeah big fan of that it's fan service for it well it's fan service for people that have actually watched movies like i am not will not and for as long as i live will never read a fucking comic book because i am not a 
fucking virgin like that. Like, no. I do not care about comic book lore. You cannot tell me that these guys are writing these schlocky, hacking newspaper stories. Yeah. I I, (laughs) like... No comic book story has ever been fucking interesting. And you can really feel it when you're watching The King's Man. Because, like, that is the first of those three movies that feels like they just ripped the plot from a graphic novel. And there's, like, scenes where it's, like, somebody is, like, falling for extra long and stuff. It's like, oh, this is a comic book panel. And, like, stylistically it's cool, but also this movie's fucking dog shit and stupid. Like, that's how I feel about all of this Marvel shit. Like, oh, cool. Big tough Thor swung his big lightning hammer at somebody, and in slow motion, I bet that's really epic if you're a fucking loser that's never seen a pussy. But, like, I don't fucking care. It's not interesting. What's cool is, like, seeing these dudes that were in these other movies that I've seen, like, giving me a tie-in to, like, an actual meaningful form of media that isn't for fucking losers and sad sacks. Like, that's cool. I really enjoyed all of this shit and like i don't even like i think spider-man 2 is probably the best comic movie we've made i think one is fine and three is bad and like the garfield movies i've seen the first one and the second one i will be happy to report on how dog shit it is in, in a few weeks but uh like i don't even have attachment to this shit it's just like the tie-ins were it, it was cool how they did everything where it's like all right there's a multiverse you're establishing the rules that they're a multiverse and like they're just like shooting the shit about being spider-man and the bad guys they face it's like yeah in my universe i was dating this girl and we fought this guy and then tom holland's like yeah you know i joined up with the avengers and we fought this big purple guy who was trying to destroy the universe and then i think miles taylor goes like what's the avengers it's like i see you movie i see what we're doing this is cool i'm into this like this I is love fun. that andrew garfield's spider-man is just constantly dealing with the fact like man my universe fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I fought a guy in a rhino suit, and you've been to space. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just constantly having an existential crisis that he had two movies, and they're both hot dog shit. And, like, all of the, like, the bits that you'd think they would do on paper, they do. And they all work. Like, they're standing there, and fucking MJ is like, hey... Peter and they all three look up and she's like no I mean Spider-Man it's like yeah they all look up and it's like no 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 you and then she has like points because you know they all the one with the brown hair yeah yeah yeah. it all works it like literally all of it works even like when he's mad that Aunt May died and he's like I'm gonna kill the guy that did this this, and that like that's when he's introduced the other Spider-Man and they're like yeah, in my universe, Uncle Ben died like this, and this is how I processed it, and it didn't make me feel better. And it's like, yeah, you know, in my universe, Uncle Ben died this way, and, like, I just still feel bad about how I handled it. And, like, there's a real, like, camaraderie in a brotherly way that you wouldn't expect this movie to be able to execute in that way, but it feels really human, and it works, and it's so fucking good. And you're just sitting there like, I watched 90 minutes of dog shit, and now I love what I'm watching. Like, what do I fucking do with this? Like, Tobey Maguire casually telling little Tom Holland's best friend that, oh yeah, my best friend, he died in my arms after he turned evil and tried to kill me. Just ever so casually. is such an incredibly good bit. Also, I was waiting for James Franco to show up the entire movie, I'll be honest. <laughs> Some people are not gettable. <laughs> like, there's so much fan service that in any other movie, I'm rolling my eyes. Like, they have Willem Dafoe just repeat the I'm something of a scientist myself. Any other movie, I'm like, yeah, fuck you. I remember that too. But here, I'm just like, oh, oh he said it. He said the thing. It's, it's just to it's give really you guys good. a little, 
Just to give you guys a little sign about the average viewing audience here is I've got a friend who's a huge Marvel. He's the same guy, Jeff, who's like a Disney adult. And uh, he's a huge Marvel defender, of course, because Disney owns that property as well. And uh, he was actually a little nervous about seeing Spider-Man, which one is this, No Way Home or Far From Home or something? No Way something, Home. Or yeah. No Way Home. Yeah. I, he was nervous about it just because of Omicron. Like, he's fully vaccinated. I think he's boosted, too. But he's just like, ah, well, you know, it's getting everyone. I don't know if I want to go to a theater. Then someone told him that they do the meme where they're all pointing at each other. They said, okay, I'm in. They, they don't. That's a lie. Oh, he someone lied boozled. to get him in there. Oh, he, uh, yeah, he got he's absolutely good. played. I was mad oh, they he's didn't gonna do be, it. He's going to be furious. Also, uh, important question for you, Chris, and your Disney adult-loving friend. Does he defend the Monday Night Football commentators because ABC is owned by Disney? <laughs> I don't know, I guess. <laughs> Please report back. Is he like no, a huge uh, like Max Kellerman fan? Because, you know, ESPN, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious, you know. I want to know how, I, how deep well, the rabbit hole goes. D- I mean, with ESPN, ESPN is one of our clients, so it's kind of like a weird... Oh, so he, he can't shit on Kellerman. I get that. But, like, is yeah. he allowed to shit on, like, Brian Greasy and Louis Riddick? Like, is that, he is that has, cool? I like, don't think he knows who they are. <laughs> uh, well, he probably thinks they're fantastic. Yeah, uh, I like I like Louis Riddick uh, on Twitter. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Chris, you are, at this point, familiar with at least two dozen comic book movies in some capacity not that you've seen them all not that anyone would expect oh, you to God. but you've at least you've heard <sighs> the things about them and the I one really truism be at this <laughs> well the one universal truism of comic book movies is that the third act fight scene fucking sucks right yes yes every single one regardless of what it is it's bad so they fix not that every not every single one there have been no, some third no, act ones that come no. to mind that Disagree. i actually like all right, you're wrong, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never wrong. Uh, oh, you okay? That That's was like you. Tell me. I mean, we were talking yeah. about Spider-Man. The no, the anyway, first Spider-Man movies. The third act fight scene is really good. But all right, this anyway, one. anyway. So what do they one fix? Act, this one absolutely rips. So here's the here's the cool thing about Spider-Man. He's just like a little fast dude, and little fast dudes look cool in CGI, just like swinging around doing stuff. The whole final fight is like on the scaffolding around the Statue of Liberty, which they're adding Captain America's shield to. Don't know why, don't care. Um, and so there's, like, hella scaffolding. And all the villains show up at once to steal the meme box. Because the meme box is the only thing that's gonna stop them from going home, so the villains have to destroy the meme box. Spider-Man has to protect it, because, again, he still can't press the button, because this plot point just keeps fucking happening over and over and over and over and over. But it looks fucking cool because it's like a three-on-three fight with three Spider-Mans and like three uh, three bad guys just like flying around like Jamie Foxx just like running around shooting electricity and the lizard is there doing lizard things. Man, of all people to bring in. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, I don't particularly care for any of the Venom movies, but goddamn, no one asked for the lizard. He looks like a fucking Goomba from the Mario Brothers movie. It's horrendous. <laughs> when they said he was lizard, I was like, nah. That's that that looks Where is like, his snout? Get out of my face. He looks you, like the Toronto Raptors mascot. <laughs> Where is his long snout and and fucking lab coat? Yeah, he needs Try a lab again. coat. Try again. You fucked up. No, the fucking end fight is incredibly fun to watch. Can and you that's coming see what's going on because that's yes, my biggest problem with like, literally everything. Because it's like it's like a helicopter cam flying around the Statue of Liberty as they're, like, swinging around it in circles, like, fighting these guys, like, jumping in and out of each fight. And then they realize, like, they have to team up on one at a time. It's the only way to do it. So they're just, like, 
like they have the serum for the lizard that none of these Peters peed in and they're just like passing it between themselves and they hit him with it and then like he's out and then they you know they they do the thing where they gotta put the electric absorber on jamie fox so he could turn into a regular guy again i don't fucking know um, like this is it's a movie that doesn't have stakes but it's excuse to get all these people together to have a cool big fight scene at the end yeah and if you give us any other plot where they're just there like oh yeah there's a wormhole don't worry about it like better we have to close it really better don't don't care yeah (laughs) because my question is like in five years from now is this going to be what force awakens is to us now where at the time it's like this is just a fucking roller coaster it's a great event movie get all these people back and then five years you're like this kind of sucks ass uh that's that's what i'm wondering well, i think it depends I, on what I, they do I, after this so. i also sat in the theater for force awakens and thought it was stupid so uh i'm oh, gonna go ahead enough. and authoritatively say no but uh, okay fair enough um this was actually enjoyable and again i don't have like some undying affinity for spider-man i think he's the coolest of our superheroes by default because he's like just a regular dude living in like a cool city and not you know some guy living in a made-up place or some dude with enormous muscles that loves to fucking like rock bottom people through buildings and stuff like spider-man's cool because he kind of sucks at fighting that's like what's neat about that character he's just like little dude just like swings around and kicks people goes and then yeah you know which is why we'll get to it i absolutely love the very end of this movie but we're almost there we'll get there all right because um, uh the final fight after they get all the other villains being Willem Dafoe cackling as this teenager is trying to murder him, knowing that he's breaking his spirit is incredibly good. I love Willem Dafoe so much, you guys. I was right. so happy he got as much screen time as he did. He got a lot. I thought it was going to be so one and much. done, and I was really upset, but my god. He is just... That face. Those heinous cackles as he's throwing this child through different floors of that condo. As he's taunting him for murdering his aunt. Good stuff. It's really good. Yeah, it all works. He is having such a good time. Making an ungodly amount of money. I would hope so. Good for him. Uh, So this movie ends, our ending scene, our big ending set piece. uh, Doctor Strange has escaped gay baby jail. And now he's trying to (laughs) cast a new spell to send all of the bad people back. Because, uh... Remember that box for the last two hours of the movie? Yeah, we just don't care about that anymore, I guess. Like, it doesn't matter. I like, I think it got destroyed. No, oh, no, it's still there. It's still there. Okay. They have it. They just, they, okay. they it doesn't matter. Hey, fair enough. Yeah, because there's, like... I'm not going back to the theaters to disprove you. There's fucking, like, rips appearing in the sky, because, you know, space-time. I, who knows? Who cares? He's got to cast a spell that makes everything go back to normal, and the only way to make everything go back to normal is... To make everybody forget about the fact that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. So there's, like, this big emotional thing where, like, he has to tell his friends, like, Hey, guys, you're not going to remember me in a minute. Like, I love you. I did all this for you, but you're not going to remember me. And uh, then he goes up to Doctor Strange, and he's like, Yeah, do the spell. And he does a spell. And then everybody forgets. Ignore the fact that... uh, you know, MJ and Ned are just standing on Captain America's shield in the middle of New York Harbor. They're just like, oh, yeah, I guess we just got here randomly. Let's go home and go back to our normal lives that are regular. Uh, it's magic. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's magic, dude. Don't, it, it doesn't hey, matter. Hey, we're, at, at, we're yeah. at like two hours and 12 minutes. It's magic. I got to pee at this point. Let's go. Let's get us out of the theater. So you want to talk about the end? Or, uh... 
I just love that no one knows who he is. Like, no one knows his identity. So we get the Spider-Man that I want. Because my big issue with the Tom Holland movies is, all right, he's just this plucky little kid from New York. But also he has access to Tony Stark's magic machine that can just fabricate literally anything out of nanomachines. Which kind of takes the fun out of his character yep. for me. So him just being completely on his own in some rundown dog shit apartment with his hand-sewn suit, that makes me excited for what the next one is. Yeah, because that, again, is... I completely agree. Like, I, I that's what I want to watch. The problem is, we both know the next one's going to be... Spider-Man, we need you back for one last job. Like, it's... there's oh, it's, MJ will remember who he is before the first act ends of the it's, next movie. And, and it sucks. Because, like, they, they literally, like, they leave it at a point where, like, he goes into MJ's coffee shop, and Ned is there, and, like, he's got this whole speech prepared where he's going to, like, you know, tell them. You know, like, hey, you know here's all this stuff you need to know about me and then like he sees that they're happy and he's just like nah I'm good and he dips and it's like kind of like the only actual heartfelt scene in any of these fucking movies because it really just, works it's... it does it works great because it's just like my friends are happy I'm not gonna fuck up their lives like I did before and he goes off to do his own thing and like it's like a perfect capstone of this whole like you know high school arc and you know it's like yeah you know sometimes you grow apart from your high school friends and that sucks but like sometimes it's best for everybody and it's done in this like superhero context where kids are gonna see this and adults are gonna see this and everyone's gonna be able to relate and the whole fucking scene works fantastically and i'm gonna fuck it up in the next movie but it's cool go ahead because like the exact line because he sees the band-aid on her head where she got cut in the fight he's like oh what happened she's like oh it doesn't really hurt anymore and that's that moment where he's like fuck this i gotta go it's like oh that's sweet yeah it's a really beautiful heartfelt moment and i just know in my heart some fucking tom hardy's gonna show up in the next one it's gonna be dumb as dog shit well speaking you of tom what? hardy enjoy it while i have it <laughs> that man that credit scene is that's something let me tell you why do we need it why who is asking uh, for seems, this i just feel like that's a case of things getting delayed because of COVID, and they're like all right well this be a fun i'll take this over him showing up in the movie for no reason because also just speaking more about the plot making sense so the whole thing with all of these villains coming in right is all of them know his identity electro flat out says his face like oh i thought she'd be a black guy so electro does not know who spider-man is but he comes to the portal anyways eddie brock has no fucking idea who this dude is why is he here it doesn't matter Hey guys, all of your friends are coming over for a big birthday bash. I there's nothing I want to see less than the fucking black suit Spider-Man story again. But that's what we're teasing. Yeah, yeah. I, it just it sucks because like they have like a fun, charismatic actor who had this great chemistry with the rest of the cast, and like a that's all gone, and b. We're just going to get more Marvel bullshit when three more of these movies, you know, do Black Widow numbers instead of Spider-Man numbers. And then it's like, oh, fuck. Well, our only bankable property is Tom Holland and Spider-Man. So uh, I guess he has to go hang out with Scarlet. Uh, you figure it's it out. It's interesting I don't know. to see how this pans out because I think they've got one more movie under contract together. And I think Sony really wants Tom Holland off for themselves to fold into their dog shit movies that no one wants to see. Like, I don't want to see Tom Holland team up with fucking Venom and Jared Leto as a vampire. Like, no one wants this. But also, like, all of the OG Avengers, you know, is like, they're all they're all dead or on a different planet. 
Spider-Man, I mean, I'd be fine with Spider-Man hanging out with Daredevil. I'll, I'll watch a movie of that. Let's go. That's fine it's, with me. Like, But I don't need to see him go to space with Thor. You can fucking exactly. that. Like, yeah. and, and what they tease is, like, again, so, in-universe now, no one, including the Avengers, know that he's Spider-Man. I mean, you would assume that, you know, two news reports about Spider-Man doing stuff would get their attention, just like it did literally in the first movie. But, yes. uh... Ignoring all that, like, if there's, like, a standalone, like, oh, now now Peter Parker is where Tobey Maguire was in the first movie. Like, I'd watch any number of those. Because Tom oh, Holland looks like he's 14, so you can tell me he's whatever age and we're good. Like, it's it's cool. It works. It's literally evergreen. I will watch that's, all of these, because Spider-Man's that, fun. Sorry. No, you're good. That reminded me, it's very weird that, like, the Tobey and Andrew, like, they very clearly aged but they don't reference a single thing that happened after the last movie they were in. Like, they've lived lives, apparently, but everything they talk about is like, yeah, and then I faced this dude in the last movie you saw me in. It's like they just have, like, 20 years of Tobey Maguire's case of, yeah, I fought Venom one time, and then dot, 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 MJ and I are sort of still together, I guess. Which makes me think, like, this movie, man, got them about some money, they might just roll them back in. Which, again... No, I'm fine with. They're not good. No way. No way. I mean, maybe though. <laughs> Look. Also, alternatively, if you just give me a side story that's just Toby and Andrew Garfield hanging out, I'm incredibly not upset at that. They had really good chemistry. They did. Which is not something I would expect. They played off each other very well. It all worked, and like most of it shouldn't have worked, but it all worked. And I can't. I can't fault the movie despite wanting to so badly because, like, so much of this movie is not just stupid, but so stupid that you have no choice but to think about how stupid <laughs> it is. Like, two of the worst movies I've seen this year, like, as a movie structurally, are this and Malignant. But if you ask me what t- my top five movies are that I enjoyed watching, those two are definitely up there. I had a wonderful time, but this movie makes no fucking sense and falls apart the second you think about anything. Like, this whole movie could be avoided if Spider-Man just shows up at J. Jonah Jameson's house. It's like, if you say one more fucking word about me, I'm going to fold you like laundry in front of everyone. Because he's a fucking... You know... He just records in front of a green screen. Why is he all over Times Square? It doesn't matter. I'm glad you brought that up, because they literally show us his studio in one shot early in the movie, and it is, like, in his fucking basement. It's smaller than this hotel I'm staying in right now. <laughs> but also, He's the end of fucking guy. The, the end of the second movie is him playing to an audience of literally everyone in Times Square. Like the Daily Bugle the is like a big fucking state deal. Of New York. It's and also like so the world just doesn't remember that he fought Thanos with the other Avengers. Yeah, the world knows all of the other Avengers identities. Why does this matter? It doesn't no, Spider-Man's doesn't, a bad don't guy think now. about it don't worry about it yeah no nah, he just he's bad he <laughs> this sucks. one this Alex Jones dude has this, this tape where you hear his voice in the background but don't see his face say anything well he killed that's Jake enough Jonah, for the entire who, uh, state I, of New York to turn on him and try and assault him in the streets I mean to be fair that is how hard they backed Cuomo but you know who's keeping track <laughs> like I keep repeating myself, like, if this was any other property, even in this universe, it was just, like, a different set of characters, easily the worst I've watched, but I was willing to hand wave it all the way, because, like, the last 45 minutes made me so happy. I will rewatch this many times, but probably starting from about the hour mark. Yeah, 
it's kind of, in that way it's a lot like uh godzilla king of the monsters like absolutely i'm gonna start it when the road the when rodan shows up yeah hell yeah i just watched that scene again the other day yeah it's great it's, it, it's a real good scene i will turn this on the second after aunt may dies and be like hell yeah we got a fucking movie let's go also a lot of dudes crying in this movie shout out to that shout out to all the spider-men just crying and giving their emotional backstories Dude's kids rock. need to see dudes cry. Yeah, kids gotta learn. Absolutely, the world's a terrible place and sad things happen. It's okay. It's don't solve your problems by trying to beat Willem Dafoe to death and murder him with his own hang glider. Or do you know? Or also crap. maybe yeah. just do. I did like that they teased that they were gonna kill Tobey Maguire and then he's just casually like, "Nah, I've been stabbed before. It's fine." Because <laughs> it like. Good. It's completely unearned to kill him off. Yeah, no exactly, would, exactly. No one would be happy just to be like, nah, it's fine. Like, it's, this happened many times but before. But, like, it made me laugh because, again, I was surprised he showed up, you know, fully expecting. He's, he's just, like, hates being in movies. All he wants to do is play high-stakes poker, like, all the fucking time. That's all he fucking does in his life now. <laughs> and, and for for them to, like, for them to kill him off, to me, that's a... Yeah, I'll do literally one of these, and that's, that's it. It's a real yeah. Harrison Ford movie. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Quit fucking asking me about it. He's dead in all universes. Yeah. Go away. And so, like, when he gets stabbed, I'm like, oh, fuck. I, that makes sense. Like, like my outside-the-movie knowledge was like, yeah, totally, they would do that. But uh, <laughs> then he just pops up. It's like, all right, you got me. You don't get me often, but you got me. Like, well played. All three of them seem to be having a wonderful time acting with each other. And it, you know, it comes through. I like watching people have a good time acting, as it turns out. Yeah. That whole fucking Andrew Garfield introduction scene where uh, the fucking old lady walks down the steps and tells him to clean the cobwebs because he can climb on the ceiling. Like, (laughs) it works. It just works. It probably shouldn't, but it does. Like... And it makes me feel bad for him. He's like, man, they did him no fucking favors with his movies. Like, yeah, they're He's not incredibly great. good in this, and they gave him nothing. The fact that, like, three different people just talk about, like, yeah, then he fell in a thing full of electric eels, and he got magic powers. And they just all clearly they just make fun like, of it, yeah. Yeah, the movie fucking sucks. Oh, you got to go to space? That's cool, yeah. I Paul Giamatti got in a robot rhino suit, but hey, you got to go to space. That's cool. Like, the fact that he acknowledges when they tr- give each other codenames, like, yeah, I'm Spider-Man three, whatever. He knows. It's he knows what this is. It does. It's it. So much of this that shouldn't work does. Like I, again, that's why it's so complicated and why we had to talk about it for thirty minutes. Because uh, yeah, bad script, bad movie. Strong recommend. Yeah. Yeah, you figure it yeah, out. Yeah, I don't fucking know. It's not good. Don't ask me to give yeah. it a star rating. I can't. Can't do it. Because it's two stars and also four and a half. You figure it out. Fuck you. All right, on to Rocky Four. Hell yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> okay. No, uh, hey, Chris, how, how does it feel to be on that end of it? <laughs> uh, feels okay. All oh. right, let's talk about Rocky Four. So, uh, to be clear here before we start, neither of you had ever seen this before, right? Uh, incorrect. This is the second Rocky movie I've ever seen. And by um, Rocky movie, I mean I saw Creed when it came out. So, for me, I, it. I, I've seen the first, I think I mentioned I've seen the first Rocky movie about a million times, and I really, really like the first Rocky movie. Yeah, it's I've a good movie. seen Rocky Four 
bits and pieces. In fact, I think I've seen like the entire thing if you put them all together. But I don't really count it unless I've seen it like all the way through, right? Right. Because like some of it I watched when I was like eight years old, some of it when I was like twelve years old, and you kind of like. And, feel and more importantly, if you've seen Rocky three, you've seen bits and pieces of Rocky four. So. Oh, you've seen like a third of Rocky four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing. It's like I have not seen. That was like the weirdest part for me because I did not watch Rocky three. Rocky three is like the weirdest one for me because like I know Rocky two is basically just like Rocky one all over again, and I yeah. know Rocky three is the one with uh, Mr. T. Mr. T. Right? Yeah, and I, everyone talks about it. It's like prediction, pain, and, and like everyone's like, yeah, that's a really good movie. Everyone except for Alex, I guess. And uh, I just remember, like, I'm kind of curious about it, but nowhere near curious enough to actually watch it. So this is one of the ones where I break tradition, and I didn't watch Rocky 2, and I didn't watch Rocky 3, and I didn't rewatch Rocky. I was just like, I think I could just step into Rocky 4 and I'll so, get it. Uh, and the movie knows. And the movie knows that, they, that sure I did does. that, so they're just like, yeah. hey, so here's what you missed for Rocky 3, which made how many hundreds of millions of dollars at the box office? So how did you guys, who are not very familiar with the franchise in general, feel with this movie opening with Eye of the Tiger? <laughs> My first note was, man, we should watch Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I appreciated them doing the previously on. Because, I mean... I assumed it was. See, that's the thing is, like, I, yeah, I kind of assumed that uh, everyone in the 19. Like, let's not think about from our perspective. Let's think about the perspective of people in the 1980s. Like, I assumed that everyone just watched Rocky 3. I also assumed you're not going to watch Rocky 4 unless you had already seen Rocky 3. Although, you know, in popular movie, people are just going to walk in and go see it. Uh, I kind of assume everyone already knows what happened. Also, the recap is just like, yeah, he won. No kidding. <laughs> it's just it's so fucking funny you know with the 35 years since this movie's come out of cinematic excuse me of cinematic context you would never in a million years fire up a movie now if i told you that eye of the tiger is in the movie and expect it to play before like the 90 minute mark no matter what it is <laughs> and just to lead with that and then also have other songs it's so powerful it's, oh, we'll talk about the songs. So I this is this is on the highest level of soundtracks we have ever talked about on this show. With like, so. with the exception of one song that I'll get to, I don't remember what the title of the song is. So there's one song I really didn't like. Anyway, I, I was it like the talk- Russian national anthem, Chris? No, that one was actually good. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is but fascinating. <laughs> so, thirty minutes in, I was like, "This is the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life." So, what are the forty-five minutes of montage just followed it? Right. Yeah. So, one of the things about it is uh, seeing Talia Shire, who plays uh, who plays Rocky's wife, uh, Adrian. Why is she always dressed like she's a character on Little House on the Prairie? Like it's the nineteen eighties. You can show your shoulders a bit or something. And she just <laughs> looks ridiculous. It's so funny. You know, just thinking about how movies are made now versus back then. Where, like, when you're watching the movie, I feel like you're supposed to feel about this. How, like, Redditors feel about Skylar White on Breaking Bad. Like, (laughs) we're just supposed to be mad about this fucking bitch Adrian that's ruining Rocky's good time. Which is just, like, such Why won't she let him go to Russia? (laughs) It's such an insane 80s perspective on relationships. You know, that's weird. I actually didn't get that perspective from her. I just kind of felt like she was, like... I'm not going to say that the movie was necessarily sexist against her, but it did kind of feel like uh, she was always like the 
the woman on the edge of the cliff waiting for her husband to return home from war sort of character. She didn't really <laughs> feel like, if you want to see Talia Shire in that kind of role where she's like the bitch mom, then just watch Airborne, you know? Because that's what she is in that movie. Airborne uh, 4? No, Air, no, Airborne. I've seen yeah, it. I, yeah, I know. I'm getting off subtitles. But... God, Who? this movie rules. Because like, she comes and is like, hey, we have a son. You can't just fly to Russia All to right. avenge your dead friend. He's like, Time out. I'm a fighter. Pause. Like, okay. Rewind. <laughs> we can't be talking about all of this before we talk about the most significant character in this movie, the robot. Yo, we I have cannot believe it. It was in the group. first five minutes. Dude, that, I knew. that I knew. Kidding me? That I knew. <laughs> See, that's the thing that gets me about this is uh, many people who are listening to this. If by the way, if you've listened to all three hours of this so far, uh, thank you. Uh, the thing about the robot is uh, there was a recent release of the uh, director's cut, uh, the Stallone cut, the uh, where the defeminized cut. Yeah, apparently they cut out the robot, and I did some digging as to why they did it. Apparently, it was actually just because of royalties. They didn't want to pay the guy who did the. the robot. I say like <laughs> Stallone, you wrote this too. Yeah. Like, He's like, Don't no, pretend no you're embarrassed robot. by that. Well, no, well, no, like, the trash. <laughs> so my understanding is a lot of the scenes that get added back are ones that make Adrian like a more compelling character that they shot initially. And I guess for some reason you had to cut this movie down from a 98 minute runtime to a 92 minute runtime. So, Hell, she, hey, so you know, the good women, call. You know, yeah, you know yeah. Alex, if you're interested in finding out, out what here. the director's cut is actually like, apparently the Alamo is showing it on a day that I'm off. However, I'm not going to go oh. see Rocky Four on the big screen if there's no robot all right and and that's the problem like when i found out no robot like otherwise like i kind of thought about just like watching the director's cut and then like pretending that we watched the same movie even though i I consider that too but yeah yeah yeah. i was like oh wait till they find out about it but like the robot's one of my favorite parts about because it's so like anachronistic from a perspective of rocky like initially when they put it in there my thought was like okay if i was watching any other movie in any other series i thought oh this is meant to illustrate uh rocky's burgeoning opulence and how he's uh, disconnected from his roots and now he's getting too rich for his own britches i was like no it's just a talking robot, you know? And it's, it's a funny, friend. because you thought that, and, like, I thought the opposite of the spectrum, where, like, we have the scene where Drago punches, like, the punching robot, and I just wanted to hear the robot back at home just be like, ouch. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just expecting it to be stupider than it is, instead so, of just, like, there's a very serious robot in this movie. So, yeah, one of my favorite things about this is that, uh, Everyone hates Polly, and for good reason. Like, look at him. <laughs> but like, for him, there he was just like, "Yo, what? The, what is this? What is this? Rosie the robot? What's going on here?" And they're just like, "Well, we figured since you don't have any friends, we're gonna get you this, and it will so, be your uh, friend." <laughs> like to explain for the uninitiated who may not have seen Rocky Four before, Polly in this movie is literally. If they took the cab driver from Escape from New York and just gave him like a role in a major franchise, he's also just around so in all of these earlier. movies being a fucking idiot. It's like, important to realize, like Ernest Borgnine smiles, Burt Young doesn't smile. He's just. He, we're gonna get to him later on, but like, I'd also like to talk about uh, right after this, where he's like, "Oh, I can't believe it! I feel like I'm in a cartoon here." And when like the kid like blows a whipped cream on when he blows out his candles, he does the shittiest pratfalls and slapstick in this movie. It doesn't yeah. even count. Anyway, uh, let's get to the meat of this. Uh, Hold on, no, oh, no, fuck pause. pause. Right. I want to talk more about the no, kid. No, no, no. We gotta talk yeah. about the oh, kid. Yeah. Okay, talk. Hey, about the kid. does he get cut out of the director's cut? Because if so, I'll watch it. <laughs> Dude, the they kid? made fun of him so bad in the climax of the movie. Dude, 
the kid is like the ultimate horseshoe theory candidate. Like the kid is so bad, he's good. Like the, this is like one of the worst child actor performances I've ever seen. But also, like if I had thought even once to take a can of Ready Whip and squirt it on the cake when I'm supposed to blow up the candles, like <laughs> fucking brilliant, dude. Like, so, like I hope the kid we, came up with that himself. So who we have to answer this question? Did anyone do any investigative digging? Who is that kid? Is he like actually uh, Seth Green? I guess I'll just move on. So they show like a, so they show like a news magazine, right? And uh, it just says in all capital letters, "Russians invade U.S. sports." So it's a level of subtlety the movie's going for. Hell yeah, dude! Uh, I want to say something, and this may be a controversial opinion. Bridget Nielsen is gorgeous. It's very. I'd also like to say that as a, a criticism of the movie, she is far too gorgeous for the name Ludmilla. Just what they call him there. I, you know, look, it's it's a the bit. Robot much. has a birthday cake. Also, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry, but like, if you surprise me, like, all right, here comes your present, and a robot came out with a cake with a picture of my face on it. I'm assuming I'm getting lit up by an Ed 209. Like, I'm just being assassinated right now. <laughs> this is how I die. I'm good with it. Like, just oh, bring yeah. in the Gantina band and then just fucking shoot me. It's cool. <laughs> we, you know, I, okay, I was going to talk more about Bridget Nielsen, but now I don't care anymore. Let's get back to the robot, which I believe was Hey, the- Rocky, what'd you give me for my birthday? And you just get lit the fuck up and fall out the I'm window. Pretty, wait, by the way, so I looked it up. I think the, the robot's code name was S-I-C-O or Sicko. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It engages sicko mode and just lights you up and blows out the candles. It's looking at the window. Ha, uh, ha, uh, yes. <laughs> so the, one of the things that I like about it is we have to talk about what the robot looks like, okay? Because this doesn't look like Wally. This looks like, as like one of those fucking robot bug heads, you know, with like a it's giant eye. horrifying. It looks like, like Rosie on the Jetsons, but stupider. <laughs> no, it looks cooler. The so, fact that it comes in in the dark of the room, like it's it's like the middle of the night. Like, all right, blow out your candles. Here comes your own death, old man. <laughs> here's <laughs> Face a God. Here's a reference for the two of you. Nobody else. You know that old fucking '90s ad for the Nintendo robot Rob, where like the two kids yeah, with like yeah. the flock of seagulls haircuts are like headbanging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like that. Like, but cool. If we could find so... that and uh, you know, watch that again. Anyway, next week's episode. So uh, yeah, (laughs) so it's just moving around tops the entire time, and uh, and uh, Polly, I guess, has a degree in electrical engineering and programming because he reprograms. He first of all, the idea that Polly has a degree in anything uh, besides Budweiser (laughs) is uh, an interesting perspective from the movie. But anyway, he reprograms the robot to be a sex robot it talks over like a sexy voice dude thank you he gives it the fucking porn stepmom voice. <laughs> oh no polly i got stuck in the window happy birthday <laughs> it's so fucked up we see the robot like three times the first time it's brings him a cake the second time it's just full-on horny stepmom like don't tell anyone <laughs> What's the He's matter, like, Polly? Yeah. Rocky and Adrian I had are to, home. <laughs> I had to reprogram her, but I started to like her. He's like, what the fuck? Well, I think it's this? pretty nice right here. But then he goes too far. This is like the B plot of the movie somehow, which unfortunately they abandoned. I'm get back. Uh, and at some point, he goes too far. It becomes a nagging housewife. 
<laughs> so uh, I, I understand why they abandoned this plot. You you cannot bring that kind of technology to Russia. If that were the case, then they you know they would have won. won the Cold War. Yeah, too. exactly. Like yeah. like like he he uh, he knew as a real American that he had to sacrifice this. Yeah. I can't believe it. He makes like a tooth tie joke uh, before he leaves her. <laughs> You're just like, it's... is is Polly fucking the robot? <laughs> yes. Yes. One million Why percent. Why would you yes. buy it for him? I think the robot. Well, he could have just him. bought a fuck. He could have afforded a maid. He's Rocky Balboa. He got him a fuck robot with a bug head. If any it's a If any of you ever purchase a robot for me that only does household tasks, like go fuck yourself. Like we're not friends anymore. Like I, it's I, I get it. I understand. Like, happy birthday, old man. Here's a vacuum you can fuck. Oh, thanks, thanks, Rocky. <laughs> Enjoy your flight to Russia. I'll I will be, be here. Busy. <laughs> so, so <laughs> now, cool. anyway, Chris, back to Brigitte Nielsen. Like, yes. let's. Uh... Uh, I think she's very pretty. Uh, no, apparently she uh, married uh, Sylvester Stallone after this movie, and uh, divorced nice him. Flex. Yeah, divorced him two years later. So also in nice the. Yeah, so in the director's <laughs> cut, he uh, he cut most of her scenes out. Got her. So the final flex. So, uh... <laughs> I wanna, can I just speak about flexing? The guys in this movie are so oiled up. Also, uh, just like a little reveal, I've been lifting a lot recently, and I've been like really going for it, consuming a lot of protein, and like I'm kind of proud of myself. I'm benching 220 for reps now. I feel really good about myself. And then I see the guys in this movie, I'm just like, well, I'll just go fuck myself. Yeah, I'm not gonna because like, they're yeah, close. Yeah. Yeah. Carl Weathers would fold me like an accordion. I know. He would just destroy my person. It's 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 like not He would unperson you. Yeah, exactly. He would <laughs> obliterate me. Uh, God, it fucking breaks my heart. I also want to talk about Sylvester Stallone, who I just I guess has just always been that jacked. Uh, so look, I've seen the first movie, like I said, about a million times. I understand he's trying to be like kind of poor from the streets, like borderline immigrant in that sort of way. And I know he's actually Italian. But it feels like he's making fun of Italians in this movie. Like, it's... You're going a little too far. I'm just saying, Josh, if you're listening, and I know you are, you don't want to watch this one. You might consider this insulting. Disagree. Some real House of Gucci energy. <laughs> yeah. It feels like Jared Leto and House of Gucci. It's... So that's, like, the thing. Like, if this character wasn't so goddamn stupid, I'm not sure this movie works. Like, or any of these movies work. Like... If you make Rocky just, like, a more normal dude who is jacked and wants to fight people, I, I, I don't know if I buy it as much as this guy who I can't fucking understand. Like, I watched this movie without subtitles, because I didn't feel like turning oh, them on. I had to jack the and, volume to do that, by the way. Dude, the fucking scene where he's talking to his son, not a word. Could not yeah. understand a <laughs> single thing he said. Dude, like, I well, I, I don't think you could understand it even with subtitles. That's how dumb the writing is in this movie. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like I like his character because as dumb as he is, that makes him more earnest, and uh, I think that kind of makes him a little bit more relatable to a general audience in a way. Uh, th like in his house full of opulence, he's just like there's really no real reason for him to go to Soviet Russia to avenge his friend's death. He's like, oh yeah, you know, for vengeance. They, they don't want to well, uh... use that word, but you know. Really let's uh let, let's talk about his friend's death and more specifically 
the concert that precedes his friend's death. Hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Peak let me let me, let me see. I, I just want to make sure we're not skipping anything. Oh my god, we are skipping some stuff. I just want to say, like... Go ahead. Look, yeah. I am very <laughs> anti-communist. Like, everything I've read about the Cold War is like, yeah, it turns out Soviet Russia really sucks. But, like, guys, a hint of subtlety. Because the scene that really gets to me is the press conference where they're talking about, like, oh, yes, and our uh, star Russian... He is very good at boxing and is all natural. And uh, someone asked him, what about reports of anabolic steroids and blood doping? And Brigitte Nielsen gives this fucking worried look like, they know. Like, dude, no one acts like that. That's so fucking silly. Look. <laughs> and it's just, again, like, there's no subtlety whatsoever in this movie, and that's the way I like it. Look, I'm just going to put this out there. As somebody that not only bets on sports regularly, but is a very successful sports better, you show me this, like, before this fight, literally every dime I have ever come in contact with in my life from any other person is being bet on Ivan Draco immediately. I'm getting great odds because, you know, I'm in, I'm in America, so nobody's going to want to think that the Russian's going to win, but, like, dear fucking God, man, it is unconscionable that this fucking guy would ever lose a fight. Like, now, Alex, no, not absolutely just, go fuck yourself. Like, Alex, no. you're not just in America. You are living in America. <laughs> this is... I wonder, about I wonder if this Jack robot from the Tekken series is going to beat this 40-year-old <laughs> retired coach. I can't fucking imagine. You know, you say Jack from the Tekken series, which is obvious for, like, some sort of comparison of reasons. I'm pretty sure that Namco looked at this and was just like, yeah, that's Paul Phoenix right there. He's got the and hair. Also, he's got, the, like, the body. Like, you look at the Tekken 2 model for uh, for Paul, and you look at it like, yeah, where's that guy? Well, it turns out he was at Rocky Ford. His name is Alf Lundgren, and he just looked like oh that. God. His fucking body. How is there not a scene with a bear? He seriously looks like an upside-down pyramid the entire time, especially when he's running. He's <laughs> Don't just say going, that word. Yeah. Oh, they <laughs> couldn't put a scene with a bear in because it would be animal cruelty, buddy. Fucking look at that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so... Yeah, all those fucking training seats. There's a lot of glycerin in this. Movie. No, 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 no. no. We're, we're, no we're, I want to talk about living in America. Yes. I don't care that oh, it's yeah, 4 we have to talk about. Time. I want to talk about this for an hour and a half. Yeah, dude. Okay, so here's the thing about James Brown. <laughs> Not only did they get James Brown, they got his entourage. They got the whole fucking deal. So like, uh, ra raise your hand if you were expecting James Brown to show up in this movie. Well, I've, again, I've already seen it, so... I... I know. I know. But, you know. Not only that, but the reveal of it, of him just standing, or Drago standing alone yeah, in the ring. Yeah, it's just like, huh, the why fucking, did they tell me to stand here? The hatch this? opening him just being slowly raised into a full James Brown concert. One of the greatest... That's peak cinema. Yeah. yeah. Sly knows what he's doing. That's why we do what we do, baby. <laughs> Oh, it's incredibly good that the first act of this movie is an old man going, oh, actually, Russia ain't shit, and then just getting beat to death. <laughs> That's the entire arc. Listen, I, I understand how anachronistic this would be, but what this scene needs is Hulk Hogan playing the guitar. Like, oh, yeah. It is, like, that level of patriotism. Oh, like, wait, they couldn't get him because he was busy doing Gremlins, too. So, here's the thing. <laughs> like, one of the... I, we also... I kind of want to talk about the uh, the press conference that precedes this. Like, please. There's some, please there's some do. Story, yeah. There's some story shit beforehand that 
honestly, like you could probably guess what it is. Like uh, Apollo is suddenly actually doing this more for himself than for America. He wants to like regain his whatever. That's not important. What's important is the press conference that precedes it because working with ESPN, I also do a lot of USC press conferences beforehand, and it's all as far as I'm concerned, it's all soap opera bullshit. They're all just They're like all bad. Yeah, exactly. They're, They're all horrendous. just like I'm going to win this fight. No, I'm going to win this fight, and then they swear and then they spit on each other, and that's the whole thing. And that more or less happens here. I thought it was really funny when one of the Russians says, oh, actually, we will win the fight. And uh, everyone, all the reports are just like, whoa, whoa, he can't say that. <laughs> and that's what right I after, because like... <laughs> right after Paul Creed is just like, oh, I'm going to fold him like laundry. I'm going to put him in the drawer. His tongue didn't make it through customs. I'm going to fuck him in the ass. And they're just like, oh, yeah, you just get away with all that. Yeah, I just love that like, Oh, he didn't come this way to lose. Like, well, how, how fucking dare you? You fucking talk to me like that. Like, what? What? Do you think he came over to job to a forty-year-old? What are you talking? So, the other thing is like, Alex, we we did mention this at the beginning here. It's like I. I, I guess I'm not a... I can usually do a Russian accent. I guess I can't do it tonight, but and my German will suffice because one of these guys is just clearly played by uh, by Bella Lugosi. <laughs> 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 like, what is like, one of the Russian premieres or something like that? And the entire time, it was just like, this is Ivan Drago. He wants to suck your cock. And it's like, he's not even coming close to a Russian accent. Buddy, Whereas whatever Bridget Nielsen is doing, whatever, I don't care. I have heard a lot of bad Russian accents this week, and some of them were in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just going to leave it at that. But, um... It's Rasputin's. I, uh... <laughs> dude, like, like if, if this were real life, if we were sitting around in, like, what, this come out, like, 86? Something like that? Uh, 80, 85, I think. Alright. If we're yeah. sitting around, like, our age in 85, and Drago vs. Creed is happening, I'd, like, literally taking anybody's money that will offer it to me to bet on drago do not care what the odds are literally nothing else matters i'm just like nah he's gonna win and everyone yeah, else would... around us in 1985 is just like oh you hate america bro what the fuck's wrong with you where it's like i am just being the ultimate capitalist and trying to capitalize on all of your idiocy but uh i'd vote for you yeah you would I, win a net total of what a dollar so I, uh, I, I would have cleaned out Josh on the Drago Creed. Fight. Oh yeah, good point. Never mind. One, that <laughs> was me at the last yeah. McGregor Poirier fight, just cleaning house with all my coworkers. So that's okay. So one of the things this actually happens even before the press conference is, uh, what is it? Uh, Apollo Creed says to Rocky, he says like, I don't want him coming over here with all that hype, and he gets James Brown. So, oh, like, so what are we doing here? <laughs> so uh, I have a note that just says the Count of Monte Fisto. <laughs> Five stars. Oh. Greatest movie ever. So, I, so I, I just... I, one thing that I want to say before we move past this scene is, like, this scene is one of the most extravagant displays of American imperialism I've ever seen in the movie. And also, 45 minutes later, when the Russians do it, I'm ready to, like, punch a Russian guy in the face. Like... Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I'm ready to enlist. Like, I'm they, fucking ready, guys. They, <laughs> they fucking nail <laughs> what we need to hate the other side so fucking well in this movie. I, I just want to put something out there. This movie and Top Gun came out, like, back-to-back. -back. We should have won, like, eight World Wars. We should have started World Wars just to win Oh, my them. God. Okay? I would have overdosed <laughs> in the bathroom the fucking... Yeah. Like the intermission of Top Gun, if I'd seen right. this back 
to back. Oh yeah, if we were over eighteen back then, oh we would have. No, we would have. We would have all just like arm in arm like the Three Stooges. <laughs> Got ourselves blown up by a mortar we, before we. We would have been the dudes stealing the golden three kings. That right. Yes. Like, <laughs> we would have been the monuments men, but for manga. Dude's anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you guys can uh, fight over Wahlberg, and the other one gets me. <laughs> I want to be Goodman. Anyway, so uh, you know, I I know that Rasputin had some really good facial hair in Kingsman Three, but uh, I want to talk about that ring announcer's mustache. Was that is that like a real oh, dude? You. Is he like a famous guy from like the eighties? It's like, oh yeah, he did all the boxing matches in the nineteen eighties, and I just have no historicity for that sport because just, it's blood sport. I just. I just assumed it had to be. You look at that mustache, like, though. It's just like, you don't find that guy anywhere. He has that mustache for a reason. That's not like a mustache for the movie. An, yeah. You wouldn't get an extra to look like that and take away from the scene. It has to be someone. Yeah. And, but also, this movie is a fucking robot, so what do I know? Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> you think that robot could be dropped? No, we just saw him beat up a robot. No, anyway, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah. Okay, also, like, you can't hit a woman. So, uh... <laughs> Fast forward a bit, Apollo Creed dies from getting punched in the head. So, uh... Rocky is his quarterman yelling, Hey, get out of the corner. (laughs) Apollo, get out of the corner. Promise me. Promise me no matter what that you won't throw in this towel in this fight where I'm about to die. It's like, alright, I won't. Hey, referee. I promise that I will never die. <laughs> I'm sorry for talking over that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> sorry, I'll end My it. apologies. No, you're Thank good. you. So, uh, yeah, I, I did think it was of good. Five straight minutes of like, I can't throw in the towel. I promised him. As the referee's just standing there, like hands on hips, staring, like, "Hey, man, you good? <laughs> you good in there? Hey, you want to you put your hands up? Rocky had do- Rocky had some real independent NFL uh, concussion investigator energy. Yeah, he said, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, well, I think Big Ben's back, to, good to go back out there. Like, uh, <laughs> he's fine. All right, Colt McCoy, put your helmet on. No, the other way. He's fine. <laughs> what, okay, what day of the week is a purple? Yeah, all right, okay. He's all right, good. two plus two equals hook. All right, all right, he's fine. He's good. He's good. <laughs> Um, so, horns. like, the Paul brothers absolutely watch this movie, right? Because oh, they dude. had a giant robot come out their last fight. So. Like, like, why do you think that I want to watch all these novelty bullshit fights? Like, <laughs> this is literally the DNA for all of this that we're doing right now. Frank Gore <laughs> fought Darren Williams because of Rocky IV. Like, that, it's like literally why. Anyway. Big shout out to Drago not saying a word for like the whole movie up to this point, and then just saying "you will lose" and then just beating <laughs> him to death. He really does incredibly sound incredibly like, good. He, he really does sound like Jack too. So, incredibly so good. one of the anyway, yeah, Paul Creed dies. Big deal. Well, uh, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We will move on shortly. I just want to talk about what a good line. If he dies, he dies. Is like. It's incredible. There's a reason the it's delivery is yeah. really part of it too. Like, yeah. like a, he's yelling over Par- the crowd. Like Parker, you haven't seen this before. Like you've heard that 100 times. I, that was, yeah. Yeah. and you, that, that's what yeah. I associate with this yeah. movie. Yeah, and yeah, even yeah. then, seeing it, I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude. yeah, yeah, exactly." Like the close up of Drago's face, and then fading out, and then fading into the funeral. That's what we call cinema, baby. Yeah, like Arnold heard that line: "If he dies, he dies." It's just. Like, Right, that's an got one. Yeah. You got one on me. Right, I, I, by the way, I love Sly Stallone's uh, sunglasses during the funeral. It's just like his motorcycle's <laughs> yeah. parked on the hill over there. When they finally like lower the body, he's going. Next week's episode, Cobra. Again, you want to talk about sunglasses? So anyway, 
But uh, so anyway, I think Sly's a better writer director than we give him credit for because like there's the big emotional scene after his friend died. Does he accept the challenge? Instead of him giving a monologue, he just drives looking concerned while a four and a half minute song plays. Oh, this while, one with a montage. <laughs> I, okay, I actually I appreciate this is the one where I was like getting annoyed with the songs in the movie because like the, the songs that come after this I like. This song just goes on. It's there's so, maybe it's because this is like the most montagey part of the movie, where it's just like it's not even montage; just a flashback montage. It's like, hey, remember all these other scenes from other movies that you'd probably rather be watching than this? Well, this is what we got. And this movie made three hundred million dollars at the box <laughs> office. It's just I fucking so much steel drums and then Drago punching like a cow carcass. Yeah, like, and hell yeah, dude! I, I love it. I don't care. I don't care that I've seen this in three other movies before this. Like, yeah. I will watch this montage for like another six hours right uh, now. Like, uh, problem. my problem with my problem with the driving montage is it's an entire song, like yeah. easily three four <laughs> minutes. And in my head, I'm like, okay, he's driving to the airport to go to Russia. Joke is on me. Right, yeah. We're not no, getting to rush for like another half hour. He's driving home to go be sad at home. Now, Alex, I understand what you're saying about how much you like this montage. I think I like the idea of this. I like the idea that this is in a movie. I don't actually like sitting down and watching oh, it. Oh, it fucking sucks. It, it really like, no, no, we right agree. Now. It sucks. Yeah. It just sucks yeah. in a way that I like. Yeah. So I, I want to talk about a facial reaction in here that is, as far as I'm concerned, an all-timer. They have another press conference where Rocky's like, yeah, I guess I'm going to fight Drago. And uh, a bunch of press members are like, Mr. Stone, Mr. Stone, and uh, it's like, where are you going to go fight him? Is this for revenge? It's like, no, I just think it needs to be done. And they're just like, sir, uh, how much money is the bag going to be? He says, uh, no money. And Polly's face, I'm going to get the face here. Polly is like, kind of just sitting, he's just kind of like chewing his cud. And he hears no money. And he's <laughs> he is. This is Josh expression. It was. It was very close. No, the one that I thought of was actually. It's. It's so close to J.K. Simmons' laugh in uh, that Spider-Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Josh. It's, it's like Josh agreeing to play me in Super Smash Brothers in front of a crowd and going like, "Yeah, if I win, I'm not going to get anything." Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> like, like Paulie's reaction is like it's so much better that he doesn't say anything. Like he's too stunned for words, and he's like he's not gonna get anything out of this. It's actually funny, mission that because I had the exact same reaction when we jump cut to a scene, and Paulie's just listening to the Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas music. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We have to. Okay, so that scene, but we can't skip over this because this is another press conference uh, with the so Russian, with the Russians and the Americans here. Polly almost starts an international incident. Hell yeah, dude! Polly fucking rules. This is my he favorite scene in the movie. Starts a global confrontation. Of all the of all the scenes in the movie, all the like the robot, the montages, and the fights, and James Brown. The the very brief scene where Polly almost starts World War Three is my favorite scene in the movie because he's like. Because the Russians are just like, oh, we did not mean to kill him because you guys are also sending death threats to our guys and we feel very bad about it. And he's just like, I don't say you can come here to America. You guys think you're so hot. We got Hollywood. We got movies. And he's standing up and reaching across the table. And we're just like, oh my God, someone is going to get mortared because of Polly. It's so, it's so fucking good everything yeah. about this movie to this point like this whole press conference like this is not a movie that does subtlety well 
obviously, because it's a fucking Rocky movie. But just, yeah. like, the fact that he's fighting in Russia for free on Christmas says so much, not even about his character, but about the character of the Russians. Like, and that's, like, why this works. Because, like, this whole fucking scene is, like, oh, those godless America-hating Russians, they don't respect us enough to pay me or do this on a normal day. They just, they want this to be their Christmas. And, like, if you have somebody say that, it takes so much away from it. But because we know everything that's going on, where it's just like, I have to avenge him at any cost, I gotta go over there. It's kind of, like, sneaky, really, really effective in a way that it has not earned the right to be. And I really respect it. So, you say it says a lot about the Russians. I think it says a lot about America. See, my thing about uh, the writing... And I've said about uh, the writing in this movie, I think the writing is, like, spectacularly bad. But I do think that, like, (laughs) big picture... Big picture, the writing is actually kind of really important and everyone kind of needs to see it for a reason. What I've always said about a good writer is a good writer will say, more or less... This is where we are right now. This is what the world looks like right now. This is where we may be going, and here's what we can do about it. And a lot of people, a lot of people decry Ronald Reagan. They don't like Ronald Reagan. They're like, how could anyone vote for him? Look at this movie. This is how he got elected. This is a very good snapshot of where America was. This lone American fighting, training in a log cabin, fighting for free on Christmas Day in Soviet Russia against the machine man who killed his black friend. Yes, it is no surprise to anyone that Ronald Reagan got elected with quite a lot of votes. Uh, oh, it would have worked on me 100%. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm ready to vote for him right now. I'm ready yeah, to fucking yeah, list. Bring yeah. him back. Do this. Again, so. <laughs> my, my point is not that this, this movie has a good and positive message. It's that it has an effective message. Well, okay, it's so very, yeah. very, very effective. I, I, okay, so effective is one I would go for instructive. You know, that's if they're not, they are not uh, contradictory at all. It's just like different ways of perceiving the movie. I think from a historical perspective, this is a relic that is worth studying. So anyway, they go over to Russia, and uh, Polly gets off the plane, and it's snowing. He says, "Oh, it doesn't seem so tough." And he puts on earmuffs. I guess it's supposed to be funny, and uh, they go to a log cabin. Uh, specifically because Rocky requested let me tell you something guys it's not really a good idea to train in something like that like get a fucking lap pull down worst case scenario you can hang Polly from it and play he's the, been uh, lifting for movie. a month <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> so they're training in the log cabin and I actually do kind of like the log cabin montage because it does lead to a lot of creativity like oh he's gonna do sit ups like uh, this now uh, yeah. okay so I have one beef with the log cabin montage What's that? Don't show me Drago shooting up. It's much better from a movie <laughs> perspective if I don't actually know if Drago's juicing or not. Like, okay, yeah, it the is. Rumor, but... The rumor that he's juicing is great. Showing me him juicing kind of sucks. Yeah, I understand, but if that's the case, you want a very, very different movie. Like, No, I don't. Has... I think you do, because, like, if he doesn't shoot up in this movie, it's completely different. They have to do it. They cannot have any sort of, anything left to mystery. It cannot be subtle in any sort of way. It can't be left to the imagination. This is Rocky IV, okay? I, they so need I, to I have am, it. I love the idea of Drago the unkillable demigod, where we don't know if he's cheating or not. Drago the unkillable demigod, where we know he's cheating, takes something off that. 
Like Yes, I agree. And that's why it has to be in this movie. I'm not saying that like I like it. I'm saying that this is the way that the movie had to be, otherwise it's not Rocky Four. You know? Like they have to not only hint it, but they also have to show it because that's what Rocky Four is. That's like the spirit of the movie. If it just had like hints and stuff over there, yes, you have a better movie. You also have to call it something else, as far as I can tell. So here's my counter argument to that. So knowing that Rocky wins if we were boxing fans back in the 80s, the second Rocky wins, we're telling everyone we know, yeah, Drago didn't juice. He was legit. He was natty. Like, like it, it, <laughs> like, like we're, we're doing it to rub it in their face. Once you know that, that the Americans are going to win, like, you, you don't, you don't want that, you know? Like, it's, Anyway, sorry. Look again. Okay. I think we're on the same page here. I think it. I think it's not a good decision, but I also think it's like essential to the movie's spine. Like if it was removed, it's like I don't think I'm watching the same movie. That's basically where I'm coming from here. Anyway, before the lock happened, I just want to talk about something that was just so shitty. I had to write it down. Fucking Paulie's complaining about, oh, log cabin, there's no TV, what am I gonna do? And then he, then he like, trips over, like, a one-inch, like, level of snow and falls down and goes, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Paulie falling down in the snow like he's fucking boppo is so good. (laughs) He pops up and he falls again and he goes, ah, I fell again! (laughs) So he's just like, oh, God, what a vacation! Every time. Every time. Yeah. So, Why I, is Polly there? So here's the thing. The, the log cabin training montage is technically a double montage because they have him training. They have him, like, chopping firewood and running. Uh, ooh, really effective. Really, really Conducing innovative. Boxing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do a lot of... Well, some boxers... Well, the way he fights, it makes sense. Yeah, it actually a... does. Actually, that, that's the thing. Is, like, we'll get to the fight, but as soon as the fight starts, it's just like, boy, I guess he should have run a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he, he runs and he lifts and he helps a cart that turned over. Uh, I I think that was like another good part was just like see Americans help each other Russians are all really independent they don't care about anyone else you know that's the thing they say about communism is how individualist it is exactly yeah (laughs) I do love the dual link training montages of like Drago like using a punching machine and like almost breaking it and cutting to Rocky like oh I got a horse fell over I'm gonna We're help gonna the community <laughs> these, these poor technologically deprived Americans they've never seen a punching machine in their lives you know see that's the thing is like Alex I will extend an olive branch here the one thing that cuts my argument is in the climax and again I want to get back to the training sequence but in yeah. the climax where uh, where Drago says I fight for me and no one else and it was just like Oh, that that really should have been something else in uh, the Rocky Four movie that's in my mind. The one that yeah, got Ronald Reagan. I'm looking for Drago to be Barry Bonds, not Mark. Right, Mark, yeah. You I know? Get, I get like, you, like yeah. that, that, that's that's all I'm saying. Like like Barry right. Bonds probably cheated, but we don't know for sure. Like and that that makes it more fun. Yeah. So uh the training montage, he's he's training and he's Borderline. I, I do like his jacket. I have a similar bomber jacket. It's a really sweet jacket. Anyway, bomber jackets need to yeah. come back. Like just D- in dude. general. Like, like, dude, so like I know sick, we're dude. on the same page here, but like right, yeah. uh, for for the general public, if you're listening, yeah. like uh, everyone looks cooler in a bomber jacket. Anyway, so Adrian decides to visit, and she's just standing at that log cabin. And I, I know the one thing she's thinking that scene is she sees Rocky come over the so she's just like, I should have stayed in America. God damn it. <laughs> so. Uh, 
Oh my god! They <laughs> left that kid with a robot. Oh that's my god! Like, you see, Adrian, you're like, oh, I had to come support you. Like, oh, that's so sweet. Wait a second. <laughs> when we get the cut back on fight night, there's just him and two other kids with the robot dressed as Santa. Like, go get him, Rocky. Like, what <laughs> fucking nightmare? So yeah, that kid's absolutely fucking that robot, right? And learning a lot about himself and also the robot body. Uh, no. There's no way Russia. that kid would have friends if they could come over to his house and fuck his <laughs> right. Yeah. Butt. Also, yeah, that's the reason they're coming over. It's just like, hey, when your dad finishes up here, could we, uh, you know, play with your robot without like, you? Oh boy, <laughs> Uncle Polly left his fuck bot. I feel we're gonna be gone for a week. I feel like one of the important things about you know movies that we've talked about before, such as um, the Last Action Hero, is that like the kid has to hang out with Arnold because he's such a fuckless loser that he would never have friends ever. Oh yeah. In right, this yeah. movie, like this kid is the same way, but also like, hey, you know, my dad's a world champion boxing. He bought us a robot we can just stick our little peenies in. Like, yeah, that's that's how it happened, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very believable. This is a Rocky Four in my head, actually. <laughs> See, the difference from yours. <laughs> okay, can we actually again? We're gonna cut over this. Oh, all right. I guess one no, more. No, we're not. Absolutely not. This is all steak. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. It's all stick. I need to no, talk about little kid dick on this in. podcast. No, no, it's staying in. I know for sure. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones, our biggest listener. So here's the thing. One more thing about the uh, training montage here is Hearts on Fire, one of my favorite songs in the Rocky like, oh, song. so course. good. Dude, yeah, it is great. one of the... It's one of the best running songs I've ever heard. It is so fucking powerful. Uh, and then he just climbs a mountain and yells Drago to the skies. At that moment, <laughs> so at that moment, Alex, I understand that as a sports better, you wouldn't have information on that. You wouldn't have like knowledge that he climbed a mountain and yelled Drago to the heavens. But if you did know that, would you have still bet on Drago? Because I don't Drago, know. Drago's got seven inches and in like. Like eight inches of reach on him. Like no, no fucking way would I ever believe that Rocky could hit Drago. Like it does not matter. Like anyway, uh, <laughs> do you remember the old YouTube video of the kids taking turns dry humping that ottoman? So they get the robot right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the kids here. Okay, so the match is starting. The kids are watching on uh, TV, right in America. I can't get over the seat. I laughed so hard. I had to write it yes. down verbatim. Yes. The kids yes. are watching, and he's just like, that's my dad. <laughs> and the super are like, yeah, we know. And the other one's just like, what do you think we are, nerds? Well, and so here's the importance of this scene, because it is hilarious, but also, like, kid probably thinks only nerds would hang out with him because he's a fucking loser like like yeah like it is unironically important for these seven-year-olds to tell their friend like yeah we're not a fuckless virgin like you we're gonna watch we know who your dad is we're gonna watch him beat the fuck out of this russian guy it's important yeah Yeah. i love this kid looks like him and sly have zero chemistry whatsoever as a father i mean he spent spent all his chemistry points on the robot dude it's cool that's true but like here's the thing man that kid like when he's like sitting in bed he's like reading him a bedtime story he's like dad why do you fight he sounds like the kid from like the pork shop sandwiches G.I. Joe thing use a scene where the kid, last like, one here is a penis sh- bump <laughs> <laughs> the kid says some shitty joke to him and his response is still laughing he's just going <laughs> and then the scene just ends oh, you think I can't funny, even huh? conjure up a fake laugh for his son <laughs> Uh, uh. <laughs> I guess we'll just leave that take in. I'm sick and tired of doing this shit. No, oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I can't to work shit. with this fucking kid. Get the robot in here. <laughs> get a get a monkey. <laughs> Dress it up like my son. Bap 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 bap. 
What are you right. doing? Get the fuck out of here! Oh shit, we're all dead! Get the fuck out! God, that smelled good. Anyways, I had to do the entire thing or else I'd lose my mind. It's like Carbon singing, carry on my wings. Come sail away. away. You Thank wake you. up one day, you think everything's alright. You wake up the next morning, you're on fire. Anyway. Well, uh, so uh, they get ready to fight, and they're just like, oh, you got James Brown? Check what we got. They just play the Russian National Anthem. <laughs> it sucks so bad, dude. I'm ready to parachute in and like, start headbutting like, people. Like, no one's twerking. I'm not seeing, like, any, like, uh, tumblers coming into the room. Like, what the fuck? How do you guys have fun? And uh, it turns As out... As if it wouldn't be, like, awesome. China hosting the Olympics. It would be insane. Right, yeah. Absolute So, cowards. like, the yeah. whole time, you know, they, they say the line, you know... The premier and most of the Politburo are here. And all I can think is there's, like, one guy who's, like, Kiefer Sutherland, undesignated survivor, that has to go live in, like, Minsk. Like, so, uh, just in case they blow up the, uh, the Drago Rocky bolt. So, uh, so Parker, match. yeah, so Parker and also Josh, who I know is listening, it's like when Mr. Ford had the other members of, like, the uh, chain of command assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the match begins, and uh, everyone keeps trying to get Rocky to bow out of it. And Polly uh, opens up his heart. And he's like, "You know, man, you stuck with me, and no one else would." I was like, "Hey, that's a really good point. You know, and that's like a really kind, uh, merciful moment that's of grace." True, Polly, you are like, a fuckless loser. Yeah, it's true. He's like, "Man, if I could upset myself, I could be anybody. I would suck your dick." And he kisses Rocky, and uh, then he gets in there. And right before the fight begins, he's like, "Remember what I said? If I could be anybody, I'd be you." Yeah, nine more. And it's just like, it's like the worst thing you could say to him before the fight. And I want to emphasize just how fucking funny it is. How quickly Rocky gets his ass kicked. Like, <laughs> we talk about, like, I, doesn't, like, pro football focus as, like, time of release for quarterbacks? T- like, just time it from opening bell to punching the chops. <laughs> he closes so much great. He, lo- he makes Aaron Donald look like he's backpedaling on every play. Dude, what is the surrender index of his brain? I think this is how Justin Fields pl- feels every time he takes a snap. Like Exactly. It's, it's just like... Because, <laughs> like, in the fight against Apollo, it was different. In the fight against Apollo, he was very clearly playing with him. And you could see that. Like, he was, like, dropping his hands. He's like, come on, give me a fresh one right here. You know, dodging punches. And then, like, fighting a weak spot. Bang, bang, bang. And this one, as soon as, like, the bell hasn't even, like, stopped ringing. And already, his arm's like this. And, <laughs> and Rocky is already like, uh... <laughs> It's like when we turn off offsides and Madden and try and break Joe Flacco. It's it's so funny because like when you look at them in the ring together, like Drago is so much bigger. Like Rocky might as well be like three toddlers standing on their shoulders, like with their little yeah. baby reach trying to hit him. It's like eh, eh, eh. and like to sell this fight, like honestly an incredible acting performance from Dolph Lundgren because uh there is no fucking way you can convince me that Rocky could ever fucking hit this guy. Ever. Literally oh, ever. Right, yeah. So right. to sell it at all, like, good for you, man. You're Dude, so better I don't know if you read credit for. Did you see any of the trivia for this one? No, of course not. Apparently, oh, dude, you're missing out. So the trivia section, I think the number one trivia section, Parky, you may have seen it, is uh, apparently Sylvester Stallone did the, uh, you know, the thing that some tough guys do in these movies. Just like, yeah, you know, let's like actually spa for some of these scenes. You know, how could that go? And apparently Dolph Lundgren almost stopped his heart. 
he uh, <laughs> apparently he punched him so hard yeah. in, in the heart that his heart almost stopped. He had to be taken to the hospital. Apparently, the hospital and uh, Stallone did the thing that you normally do. You put it on your insurance, right? And the insurance said, no, you're faking it. That looks like you got into like a head-on collision. And he's like, have you seen this guy? He is a head-on collision. And uh, <laughs> they once they took one look at it, they are just like, oh. And I guess they must have really like upped his rates after that. <laughs> I mean, you got to rewrite the movie at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, he hit you with the five finger exploding heart. <laughs> like, nah, America loses. Sorry. Well, it's like big trouble, in Little Tokyo again. Anyway, uh, oh, man. so Tokyo. the fight goes the way that I guess everyone expects. He beats the absolute piss out of Rocky, but Rocky doesn't go down. I guess he's just sort of tires him out, and every once in a while he'll land like three hits per round but those three hits are like he charged up his key so uh it goes on and the russians are just like why haven't you beat this guy yet you're supposed to beat him remember what we talked about we, the gulag? we need to talk about the russian crowd in this movie yeah dude the one line because they have some american announcers here and the announcers are all chanting drago 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 I made it out of clay. And uh, at one point, nice. <laughs> I had to beat Parker to it. Yeah, I know he had his mouth open and everything. I can't see him on camera, but I know. So anyway, uh, he, you know, they're all chanting for him. At some point, the crowd turns. The Soviet so- crowd. At one point, they actually say the words, suddenly, Moscow is pro-Rocky. So before we get into this, I need to say one thing. And that is that the sound design of this fucking fight, where it's flipping between the American and Russian announcers, depending on, like, where they're standing in the ring. Absolutely incredible filmmaking. Like, for as dumb and schlocky as this movie is, like, that fucking rules, and this movie is worth watching just for that. Because it, like, it really immerses you in the ring. That said, if this, if the roles were reversed, and it was the scrappy, tiny Russian guy fighting the big, burly American on our home turf and i was in that crowd literally zero chance i flip literally absolutely zero not. <laughs> I, like you absolutely go fuck yourself no way there is no way i don't care what fucking country on earth are you have to be like the most limp dicked race on the planet to flip to rocky here like it is oh yeah unforgivably sorry. stupid wait, yeah sorry you flew out here weight classes exist for a reason dickhead go back home yeah see like this is like the most waste my time this is where the part where the, kind of, the movie kind of feels like it was written by a child at this point it's yeah. just like yeah, yeah. and now the <laughs> russians like cast. us you know it's like come <laughs> he's on he's the stanley of the rocky movies <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Excelsior, Dad! <laughs> Cut. I hate it. Like it, it just feels so ridiculous. Like even if a uh, fucking a uh, Tom Clancy had written this, he would know that they would have been like they. He would have written it on a line. He would have said like they wanted to cheer for Rocky, but the guns at their backs told them otherwise, or something like that. You know, they would have respectfully clapped at the or end. like right, literally exactly. have one guy stand up and start clapping and then get fucking shot in the head. Like <laughs> yeah. give me that. Better movie. No, but they, but they get away with it because when Rocky wins, a uh, spoiler, it's a good guy wins in a Rocky movie, uh, Gorbachev stands up and uh, does the polite full clap and everything. Uh, Sorry, the polite clap. I can't just make up a word. The polite clap and everyone else is just like, oh, if the emperor does it, we all get to do it. So, 
Uh, Man, best scene in the movie is when uh, between rounds that one Russian general comes up and he yells at him and just eats a choke slam from hell. Yeah, it's so, so good, dude. That reminds, he lifts I'm, him three sorry, feet I, off the ground. I gotta do Tekken again. It just reminds me of that attract scene for like the Tekken arcade where the fucking ogre is holding. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kazuya goes, "Ah." Anyway. Uh, yeah, so, surprise, surprise, good guy wins. And then Rocky is just like, you know what, I think I'll solve the Cold War. (laughs) So he does. (laughs) If I can change, and you can change, then everybody can change. And they they go fucking apeshit for this. Dude, like... they should. This, like, what, watching the end of this movie made me want... Is somebody to make a movie about that time that North Korea went up like 2-0 in the World Cup and then played Brazil and lost by seven and it was televised <laughs> on like North Korean national television? Like, oh, that'd be sick. Give me that movie. It would oh, be like absolutely. the Grizzly Man version of Rocky. I would have so much fun. Yeah. Anyway, Please. uh Merry Christmas to all. <laughs> Am I wrong? Explaining I what's happening. That. You can never watch this tape. Yeah. You must destroy this. <laughs> but actually, though. Be so they make good. people watch in the North Korean gulags and help them recant. Okay, we'll put that right behind our secret Squatch movie. Yeah. That's our next project. Right. Yeah, that's what we're doing. It's the next project. And okay, that's when we, when we have when we want uh, like clout with the critics. We'll do what Werner okay. Herzog did. Okay, we <laughs> so we casting Sasquatch as a Korean man was dangerous. <laughs> so we've almost gone three hours. Are we ready I'm for the game of games? So tired. Let's get through this. <laughs> 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 Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> So it's time for the game of games now. As astute listeners may realize, we have not done the game of games in four weeks. It has been quite a while since the uh, the dice of fate have bestowed their graces and cranks upon us. So let's go through those four weeks before we get started. So uh, starting off, week uh, week twelve. Chris, in week 12, your teams went 3-8. and eight. Not good. Uh, I don't think I need to do the math for you. You are going to be in last place. <laughs> Parker, your teams went 7-2. and two. I don't need to do the math for you either, because there aren't enough teams for me to beat you. Mine went 5-5. Five and five. So uh, go oh. ahead and assign Chris a movie to start us off. Alright, I'll start nice. Ironically enough, on my list of assignments, Board Legacy is right here. But, Alex, since you've covered that, Chris, I want you to watch Pain and Gain. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I still haven't seen that. Thank I am you. very curious to litigate that movie again. I, Pain and Gain. I can't Thank tell you. if it's actually good or not. And uh, I feel like it kind of is. As a result of me having the European movie space for four weeks and not winning this week, oh. I have to watch a European movie. We'll figure it out. And Brutal. Yeah. All right, moving on to week 13... Uh, Chris, your teams went four and four. That's pretty good. Uh, Parker, your teams went five and six. Oh. And my teams went five and four. 
because I think Chris was like really heavy on bye weeks this week. I cannot I go back so. and look at the data because I just wrote it down. But yeah. uh, so I will be assigning a movie to Parker, and uh, I am also going to start off nice. Uh, you are going to watch a Keanu Reeves feature known as Street Kings. Oh fuck yeah, dude! This is a movie that I talked about a while ago, but uh, I I think you will have even more fun Let's with than I did. Go. Yeah, you I think you'll enjoy this one. Um okay, moving on, week 14. Uh Chris, your teams are 5 and 6. That is below 500. That's not great. I almost said I was happy because of 5 wins. It's more than I usually yeah, get. <laughs> yeah, that is more than you've gotten any other week this that we've talked about so far. Parker, Thank your you. teams went 2 and 7. That's not good. And yeah, my team's went not... seven and two, so I have to assign Parker another Weird. movie. Uh, so here's the problem: I'm out of good movies. So what? No, you... I, I understand. <laughs> so what you were gonna be watching is The Nut Job Two: Nutty by Nature. Man, that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> that's fucked up. I... It might be the nicest thing on this list, honestly. <laughs> oh, that made my skin crawl. <laughs> And uh, let's get to our most recent week where we are done with bye weeks. So uh, my teams went five and five, putting me squarely in the middle. You know, with with thirty two teams and me having the one bye week with European movie. Well, I guess that means I got to watch a second European movie. But uh, one of you guys came out on top at five at six and five, and the other one of you was five and six. And the winner of this week was Parker, whose lions put him over the top. <laughs> yes, sir! <laughs> you love to see my boys come through for me. So, Parker, you get to assign Chris another movie. Chris, are you aware of our good friend director George Romero? Yeah, he makes good movies. Are you aware of a movie called Monkey Shines? Oh, yeah, never seen Monkey yes. Shines. Yeah. yeah. You just, hey, buddy, you go in and just let me know if you want that to be an episode after you watch it. Because I'm ready to talk about that for an hour and a half. Oh, right, my yeah. God. That movie is fucking insane. All right, yeah. Because it's a yes for me. I just, let me know what you think. We'll do, we'll do. All right. Well, that was, uh, you know, we we have to cover four weeks here. So uh, I'm going to go through each of the four weeks as a phase in the game of games this week. This was phase one. Phase two involves one Christopher Berman, who uh, I have to uh, let you guys know, big fan of the show. He says he doesn't want us to watch anything for him this week, which uh, that's great. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Second phase down. Third phase, Dragon Balls. Everybody loves Dragon Balls, right? Yeah. Alright, well here's how we're going to do things this week. Because it's not just about the Dragon Balls. It's about other Dragon Ball related objects. You know, about the grand continuum of Dragon Balls. So, uh, do you guys need a link to the spreadsheet? Uh, no, I think I got it. Alright. Yeah, I got one. Yeah, I got it. Okay, so this phase is going to center on uh, both, um, both our paths forward in the game of games. And also, you know learning what we've learned from the football season this year. So, uh... We're gonna go through... We're gonna do three rounds of this, okay? You guys can see the total list of teams and who owns them in front of you. And what I'm going to do before we move on in this phase 
is starting with Chris, you can delete any team from the game of games for the rest of the year. It could be one of your bad teams, it could be somebody else's good team, but when they're deleted, they're gone, they're out. They're, they are not relevant for any other game of games content for the rest of the season. So if you're tired of your Seahawks fucking you over, you can get rid of them. If you're tired of Parker benefiting from having the Chiefs on their seven-game win streak, you can get rid of them. You do whatever you want with this. Just pick one, and we're going to delete it, and we're going to move on. Okay, I want to delete Alex's Falcons, because uh, there was that segment where he kept trading the Falcons back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, let's a... shorten the game of games somehow. I think that, that is a make things easier. very smart deletion. Now, Parker, you can also get rid of a team. Let's just get the fucking Jets out of here. I don't want to see them ever again. That is understandable. I do not want to end up with them anymore. Who should I delete? Who? You know what? I'm just checking to see if Chris wants them boys anymore. Because they're gonna, <laughs> they're just going to go in the toilet. Like, no more Cowboys in the game of games. I know about these NFC East games. They hurt everybody. Chris, pick a second team. Anybody's team. You pick whatever you want. I would like to get rid of the Seahawks. They pissed me off. The Seahawks are gone. Say goodbye to a second bird team. Parker, <laughs> pick rid of a team. Pick a team to get rid of. Bleh. Let's get those Texans out of there. Jags got to stay for the memes, but I don't want the fucking Texans. That's, that's fair. Um, I also have to get rid of a team. Who do I not want to see anymore you know what i'm tired of all the wins that you guys have gotten out of the lions this year say goodbye parker parker life. use the dragon use the dragon i've thought about it i've been thinking about it this whole fucking time <laughs> <laughs> all right chris one more team from anybody i want to see the next phase yeah. <laughs> uh take away parker's broncos he's been uh riding that oh team god you're finally off the list it happened <laughs> all right chris now you can get rid of the team eric parker sorry I, you can get yeah. rid of the team from anybody jinkies did we lose him can i get rid <laughs> of the blanks can i get rid of the blank space yeah i guess Is Fuck it. All right, it's gone. I I, I don't. So I want to see what the next phase is. I don't see why not. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, in the essence of fairness, I'm gonna get rid of one of my own teams at this point. And I do not want to watch a Vikings game for the rest of forever. So they are gone. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I cannot do this anymore. Um. So let me just uh go ahead and move everybody up the uh the sheets. I'm just sliding the teams up. Parker, congratulations on owning the Bengals for as long as you have. <laughs> no one gets the free space in here. <laughs> no bye weeks. Let's fucking ride or die, everyone. <laughs> no more handouts. Shit's about to get real dumb. Okay. So, uh, Chris, you can throw one of your own teams in the pot right now. Okay, let's throw in the football team. The football team is in the pot. They, Parker, they make throw, a playoff push. throw one of your own teams in the pot. Like, it should be the Bengals, but I will never watch a Bears game the rest of this year. <laughs> My life depends the on it. The cats of the forest are in there. Um, 
And now I must throw one of my own teams in. Which I guess is going to have to be the Saints. Because, <laughs> uh, dear God. Okay, now Chris, pick one of my teams. Uh, let's put the Rams in there. And the Rams are in. Parker, pick one of Chris's teams. Wow, that is quite a lineup. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really hard to wow. choose one when you don't have the Lions to pick every <laughs> Exactly! <laughs> this, fucking, this is killing me. I guess the Steelers? Shit. All right. Yeah, Steelers. that's not a very good uh, yeah. team, I guess. <laughs> and I get to pick one of Parker's teams, so uh, let's go ahead and throw those Eagles in there. You know, gotta make it fair. Alright, now, uh, Parker, pick one of my teams. Hmm. How about those Packers? I was about to say, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fair. Yum, 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 yum. Chris, pick one of Parker's teams. <laughs> uh, put the Chiefs in there. The Chiefs are in, and I will take Chris's 49ers and throw them in the pot. So, uh, let me go ahead and just update this side of the board for now. This Jaguar is moving up your list, Chris. Yep. This is their year. It, They're about to bounce back. It could yeah. be. Who knows? I can't believe Riding the emotional high. Yeah. All right. Let me... Not having Urban Meyer. Uh, <laughs> He's so cool. Let me open the prize wheel. Last time we did the game of games, Urban Meyer was the head coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Oh, Bears. I found the picker wheel sound effect too, so. Not us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, wrong one. <laughs> I am seven years old. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that was a creamy one. <laughs> I think about that constantly, dude. <laughs> There's so many layers to it. Who was in Paris? <laughs> Alright, I'm going to spin some wheels and update the board. That was a creamy one. <laughs> oh my god, I'm going to try not to think about that when they're fucking, like, <laughs> destroying my eyes. Call! <laughs> Doctor, you don't understand. <laughs> so Kanye released a song, right? Well, congrats to all the winners you, so far. Yeah, so. That's brutal. I'm just glad I have the dolphins in the south. Alright. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that one. I'll give it that. If you jump on this motherfucking table again. <laughs> just because we're not at home, don't mean you can act up. Oh. Oh. Yeah, you're getting fat. Same. Oh, yeah, me too. Don't worry about it. You motherfucker, your bowl is full. I can see it from here. We're almost done. Leave me be. <laughs> Sleep this whole time. Now she's up. Oh, all I can think about is that Johnny Bravo Green Eggs and Ham thing that they did. It was like, now go away and leave me be. Oh, no. I got the Eagles. Oh, no. Alright. Give me the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. Alright. That's on the right path. Alright. 50 50. God damn it. This is fucked up. Alright, yeah, so the result of the Game of Games wheel spinning this week is that uh, Chris has the Saints, Packers, and Steelers. 
Parker has the football team, the Rams, and the Chiefs, and I have the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Bears. And also, each of us gets one Dragon Ball. So that's 13 for Chris. Uh, 22 for Parker. I got some, I got some things in yeah. motion here. Three wishes. 12 for me. Um, now, before the last phase of the game of games... Would anybody like to use some Dragon Balls right now? Anybody got something in mind? or uh... I've got I've got one. Okay, uh, go I'd ahead. like to use a wish, and uh, it's just for a one movie assignment. However, you know, ordinarily you'd just be like, you just assign a movie or something like that. But I want to do it with a time limit on this. I want you to watch this movie before Christmas. I'm going to assign it to Parker. Uh, who I believe has a Hulu account anyway. I'd like, uh, Parker, I would like you to watch Writers of Justice. Alright. Uh, me and all my free time between now and Christmas. You, I'll get right on it. It's Come on, you make time. I work every day until the You can do end. something besides watch Always Sunny. Technically true. Uh, Parker, you... Hey babe, alright, we got home at one in the morning. You want to watch this Danish movie with me? It's really on good. One t- <laughs> I'll do my best. I guess I'll be waking up early. Oh, you want to you want to you want to spend some Dragon Balls? I cannot in good conscience. I've fallen so far behind. It doesn't on matter. I have I have several ideas. All right, do, well, throw one at us. Doesn't matter who it is. Let me. Hang on. Let me assemble. I had a couple movies set aside. <laughs> I think he's right. a little tired. There was, there was a theme to it. Let me go find <laughs> okay. It. Let me scroll past all of the pictures. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Because I've been sitting on something for a while, but considering I'm still fulfilling obligations from last season, I couldn't have good faith. We understand. It happens. I, with my two European movies, I have 13 movies to watch now, so I understand. It's going to be a lot of my week. I was doing good. I was doing good for a bit. Yeah, yeah, I was on top of it at one point. It's not now, but, uh... (laughs) Okay. Christopher. My friend. There is no time limit on this. It's uh, a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. You like vampires, right? Uh, Just the concept in general? Are you a fan? Uh, Yeah, I like vampires. Alright, so on one hand, I'm going to give you the first season of What We Do in the Shadows. Get to it at your own pace, you know? It's a light, breezy little sitcom. It's 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 like five hours total, you're good. Yeah, Yeah. you're fine. On the other hand, are a couple of vampire films. Vampire in Brooklyn, starring one Edward Murphy. Ankle Biters, which I will just let you Google and look at yourself. <laughs> and a children's movie called Vampire Dog, in which the dog is voiced by Norm MacDonald. <laughs> okay, that, 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 that actually is kind of a draw. That is That actually kind of makes me be like, actually, that one's oh. probably good. Oh. <laughs> Alright, uh, well, in the spirit of giving for Christmas, you know, for Krimpus, because we're all here for. Yes, uh, of course. I know you guys have been wondering what you're going to get. And uh, you guys have already gotten to open one present each, so uh, I need to to target this a little bit. But, uh, Parker, you have HBO Max, right? Yes, sir. I have a show that I'm going to ask you to watch the first season of, to scout, for all of us. Deal. So let me give you the description for Finding Magic Mike. 
10 regular guys who what? have quote-unquote lost their magic are put through the paces of a Magic Mike live boot camp, bearing their souls, and more, as they learn to perform sexy and daring dance routines, with one being crowned the real Magic Mike. Oh my god. That sounds incredible. Right? <laughs> that sounds so good. I know. <laughs> Apparently this came out fairly recently. And I am almost definitely going to watch it. So I want someone to talk about it with it. <laughs> Because okay, who the fuck cool. else in my life am I going to convince to watch this fucking slop, dude? <laughs> I'm all in. That sounds incredibly good. I feel like that's worth seven Dragon Balls. And, uh, um, so for those of you keeping score at home, that is three of the four weeks covered. And I have something planned for the fourth week of the Game of Games. Now, uh, four weeks. Do you guys, do you guys know anything that has four sides? Just out of curiosity, any any other suggestions or uh, uh, a pyramid with three walls? Well, nobody counts the bottom, dude. Like, so it's not a pyramid. Okay, okay. No, 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 it's a pyramid. Is it's it? A pyramid. Uh, Alex is a four-sided pyramid. It's it's it's, it's four, yeah. <laughs> no, but we're we're on the same team here. Like we're we're journeying together. Okay. Okay. So uh. Allow me to find my dice, which are uh, now behind all of my beer bottles for recording. I'm really glad we have pyramid music. Yeah. I don't know what porno you got this from, but I like it. <laughs> it's from uh, it's from a GameCube game called Bait and Kaidos. Yeah. I'm Bait and that Kaidos. Um. All right. Uh. This is the finding I'm... the dice music. Okay. So uh. Yeah. This is what you're looking for, right? Okay. Spencer Radler. So we're in the pyramid together, you know. Our first sojourn into the pyramid at this point. Chris Berman has given us our pep talk, you know, telling us about how whatever we do, we can't circle the wagons because someone's already done that. Um, you know. No fumbling, stumbling, and bumbling through the traps. You know, gotta gotta make our way through. So, uh, we come to the first junction in the pyramid. Uh, what are we doing as a group? You guys want to go? You, there are three directions this time, because uh, there kind of has to be. Left, right, or middle? What are you guys thinking? Middle. Talk about it together. You want to go middle? middle? Parker, you in for middle? Yeah, middle. I'm All in. Right. Yeah. We are good. We, oh, go through, we go through the first one. Um... We walk into the second room. It is initially pitch black. We find some torches on the wall. We light them right away. We find three Dragon Balls in front of us, and each one of us can take one. You know, this is a good pyramid. We get some good things from it. So, uh, let's see. Seven. Sixteen. Oh, man. Sixteen, not twenty-six. And six. All right. So, you know, we dodge the spikes, we uh, we avoid the evil mummies, we get to another crossing that has a left, a right, and a middle. What do you guys think? I gotta restart the music. That's, that's, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I say we just plow straight ahead. Yeah, straight let's, ahead. Uh, straight work for us last time, what could possibly go wrong? You know, straight never fails. <laughs> um, 
Roll again. Roll again. Roll this. Oh, don't, don't give me this dice. Uh. Oh fuck, we're good. Okay, cool. All right, all right, all right. We're moving on. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, we walk into the third room. This is a very treasure-laden pyramid. You know, we've, they've had four weeks where all the ghosts and mummies could run around and, like, hide little, like, uh, you know, Easter eggs for us, you know? Everybody remembers Easter, going on egg hunts, finding stuff. Um, uh, Chris Berman, in fact, has written a message on the wall that says, uh, Wow! <laughs> this is a, uh, 9-11 tribute pyramid. So, um... God. <laughs> My favorite kind of pyramid. Yes. I mean, they, they built a lot that did this, but uh, right, you know, a lot yeah. of the explorers didn't find them. Um, it's on your money. Yeah. Um, this one says that uh, among us, among the three of us... <gasps> you said it. Amogus, yes, I know. <laughs> Thank um, you. Two of us get a free movie assignment for someone else out of this, but we have to agree among the three of us which two get it. So, uh, you know, it's all about teamwork and discussion and, uh, dips. Jinkies. Uh, Alright, who wants to I would like one? to. How about Chris Field gets yeah, to sign him? Yeah, go ahead. What do you got? Go ahead and sign I something. Would... I also want to sign you, Writers of Justice. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Uh, that's cool. I, I, will, yeah. I will put it on the list. Uh, Writers of Justice. I'm sure I will enjoy it for Christmas 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's cool. Um, well, uh, in that case, Parker, do you have something you want to sign? Because like, I don't have to take dibs now. That's fine. Like, if you got something in mind, like do it. If not, then I'll do my thing. But uh, Nothing that jumps out. It's mostly mean stuff on here. All right, let's see what we got. Things to assign. I'm also going to assign a Christmas movie. Uh... Chris, have you seen The Man Who Invented Christmas? I have not already done. Yes. If we are in the spirit of giving Christmas movies, we will do that. And let's move on to the next room. Wait, did we roll for this room? We did, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're moving on. We're in room four. Yeah, yeah. Sure, whatever. There's a lot of dice here, man. I can't remember what's what. Um, yeah. I, oh, wow, this room has a Christmas tree in it. That's crazy. Yeah. It, it's unrelated to the rewards or punishments of this room, but um, you know it's just there. You know, I just wanted to guess. So. Um, all right. Chris, odds or evens? Evens. That's a four. Good work. You dodged the trap. Uh, <laughs> Parker, odds or evens? Evens. That's a two. You also dodged the trap. Hell yeah. We make it to the next crossing. Now this one has a, uh, a little pot of greed in front of it. Um, <laughs> it will allow us one of two options, or one of three options. The first option is nothing happens. You get nothing, you lose nothing. The second option is you give up a Dragon Ball to assign a movie to somebody else. Just one Dragon Ball for an assignment. The third option is you get three Dragon Balls, but the other two people get to decide on a movie for you. 
I'm gonna just do. I'm gonna go with option A. Do nothing. You're gonna do nothing. Yes. I'll take option three. Let's go. Option three. You're gonna get three Dragon Balls, and uh, Chris and I have to decide on a movie to give you. Uh, Alex, do you have anything in particular for him? I can, I can give him something. Yeah. Uh, so he is gonna go to 19 Dragon Balls. All right. So Parker. You will be watching Playmobil the movie. Man, that's fucked up. <laughs> Is that real? I, oh, evidently. Oh, next time we have one of those, Parker, I'll try to take the lead. <laughs> <laughs> that's not real. It's, I, oh, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. You know, the Lego movie was pretty good. So. Yeah. So, you know, you know, this is probably better than the Mega Bloks movie, if that exists. Right. The top two in the cast being Anya Taylor-Joy and then Jim Gaffigan has really done a number on me psychologically. Look, I mean, the pyramid works in mysterious ways. Now, I am on your side in that I am also going to take the three Dragon Balls, okay? So, uh, you guys, together, hit me with something, it's fine. <laughs> wait, wait, Parker, has he seen, uh, what's that movie I hate? Has he seen Repo the Genetic Opera? That's a good question, Alex. Alex, have, have you, you seen, seen Repo the Genetic uh, Opera? I'm not required to answer legally. I, I have Fifth Amendment rights. It's cool. Like, I, okay, uh, it. you're going to watch Repo the Genetic God Opera. God damn it. <laughs> and I like musicals too, so what I hate oh, is yeah, so you like this one. Yeah, yeah this it's, fun. It's, it's, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Yeah. You know, we're all working together to get through the pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, all of us. Alright. We get to the last room. Well, we made we're, it this far. We're. I, dude, I don't. I was hoping we got ejected like three rooms ago. I don't want to be in this fucking pyramid anymore. <laughs> no one can see the dice. Just saying. <laughs> no, no, I it's can't, funny. dude. It's the Manticore will know, all right? Exactly. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He will know. Yeah. All right. So, um, this last room is harder to get out of than most. Okay. I will say that. Um, well, I just kicked my D20. So give me a second. I am a big dumb idiot. Uh, okay, alright. Is that part of the game? <laughs> alright, so here's how this room works. Um, if you get a 5 or less, you automatically fail. If you get between 6 and 15, there's like a middle ground option. And if you get 16 plus, you get out of the pyramid just fine. So uh, I'm going to roll for each one of us. See what happens. See who gets to the treasure room. Chris, okay. you are first. That is a natural 20. You are out of the pyramid. You are in the treasure room. Congratulations. Let's buddy. fucking go! <laughs> now for Parker. That's good timing yeah, on that music. Yeah. <laughs> Parker, that is a two. So you have... Uh, oops. <laughs> you have failed to get out of the pyramid. We will talk to you in a second. Great. <laughs> circle back. <laughs> now for me. I got a 17. I have also escaped the pyramid. So Chris and I, Chris and I are hanging out in the treasure room. So uh, here's what you get for making to the treasure room, Chris. Okay. Five Dragon Balls. Oh boy. And 
They don't have to be used right now, but you get two assignments. Like, to assign okay. other people. Right, yeah, I'm just gonna... Treasure room's great! Treasure room's real good. Parker has been ejected from the pyramid, so he, uh... Uh, let me see. Pyramid movies. No. I, Fuck this. Wait, I don't know. Shinron, I don't know. put me in the treasure room. <laughs> this is bullshit. You're using seven Dragon Balls to go to the treasure room? Seven Dragon Balls to get five and two assignments and not watch a pyramid You movie? know what? That's yeah, a good actually, point. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good deal. That's money to make money. That's a good deal. You know what? I, I didn't think about this. That's that's value. Yeah. You're out of 17 Dragon... You Send get two assignments. Um, I just ate three to watch the fucking Playmobil movie. <laughs> that is true. I'm not, I'm not tapping on this. It's pyramid. good value. It's great value. I, I cannot yeah. fault you for this. Yeah. But uh, uh, I'm consulting my Shenron manual. And he says each of us has to use one of our assignments right now. Oh, all right. Uh, in that case, I want to assign Parker. No, I want to assign Alex Tokyo Godfathers. Okay. Uh, that one, by the way, is like an actual Christmas movie, so I would yeah. recommend watching that before Christmas if you can. Okay. Uh, also, Parker, I would like to rescind my uh, my uh, time limit for Writers of Justice. Because A, I don't think I could actually enforce it, and uh, <laughs> exactly. and B, it also has like a tenuous connection to Christmas. So okay, whereas like Tokyo Godfathers is like watch really Christmassy. I, I would, yeah, I really, really want to watch it. <laughs> All right, Parker, do you have an assignment to give to either of us right now? Alex, have you seen Predators? Is that the Adrian Brody one? Yeah, probably, but I'll watch it again. Okay, <laughs> I think it sucks ass in a way you would very much enjoy. Because it also has a cast where, like, every time someone walks on, you're like, what the fuck? They're in this? Yeah. Wait, sorry, that word. too. <laughs> you know what? Let me just empty the queue, because I only have two things left in here. So let me, I'm just going to use both my assignments right now. And if you guys want to retaliate, you can feel free. Uh, Parker, you're going to watch The Greatest Showman? That's fucked. <laughs> Chris, you're going to watch Only God Forgives. Okay, I'll have to watch The Greatest Showman. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what the fuck? I love musicals, too. Yeah? That bass is incredible. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> the game is really good. It's got some really good music. The game of games? Yeah, I agree. Um, unless you guys want to use more Dragon Balls or the, the one assignment each of you has in your pocket, like, we're done here. Nah, I'm gonna sit on that assignment for a while. I understand. Oh, yeah, I, I emptied my queue for a reason, because I don't want to think. But, uh... We are three and a half hours yeah. in this recording. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna plan my next <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't even have to think about what we're going to do for the... Stop the fucking music. Okay, thank you. So... <laughs> I deserve that. I killed the bassist. So, uh, anyway, uh, we can decide what we're going to watch next week at a later point because some of us would like <laughs> to get the best. <laughs> oh, no! And that's the tea, sis.